Hello and welcome to And Let's Be Heard for Wednesday, April 19th, 2023. I'm Micah Chopley. All right, how are we? Midweek show. Here we are. Hump day. Hump day. Because once we get over this, it's called hump day, in case you don't know. Because if you, once you get past Wednesday, you're at the end of the week. You only have two days to go, right? That's why it's called hump day. I thought I'd give you that information in case you didn't know. But it's a big, uh, it's a big hump day. It's one of the biggest hump days in a long time. Let me tell you. You know why? Because Robert F. Kennedy has announced his candidacy for president of the United States. Let's do thumbs up. Thumbs up. Come on. Thumbs up for RFK Jr. RFK Jr. This, this is a fit. This, this is, this is very exciting. This is very exciting because this means that this is officially the first person to run for president that I have personally met. It's very exciting, I think. It's very big. It's a, this is a record-breaking day. The first person to run for president of the United States who I have personally met before they decided to run. I have to make caveats for all this stuff because I did meet Al Gore. But I met Al Gore after he unsuccessfully ran for president. <clears throat> and I met Bernie Sanders while he was running for president. So this is a little different. This is the first person. I know this is technical stuff, but this is the, so this is actually, I guess, the third. Is this is the third person overall who's run for president that I've met. I guess so. But, you know, this is even more important because I actually had like a five minute conversation might have been 10 minutes with RFK Jr. With Al Gore, I went to some book thing he was doing, and he signed the book, looked up, said thank you. And Bernie, I shook his hand, you know, for, you know, one second thing. So RFK, I actually spoke to for about five or 10 minutes while he was working out. Okay, so this is officially the first person to run for president that I met at a gym while working out. So this is, it's, I know the story is getting more and more bizarre by the second, but uh, I did not go into the sauna with him, so I'm not going to go there. But uh, so I've never been in a sauna with a person who's run. Why am I so giggly tonight? Well, I'm very happy. I'm very happy that RFK won. I was running for president. It's a very exciting thing. I think we're all happy about that. That it's official. We knew he would because he had filed his uh, papers and everything. But, um, you know, it was um, not official till not official till today, not official till today. So uh, that's where we are now. It is official. And I will play something in a second here if I can cue it up. I'm just trying to cue it up. Um, this is his like announcement, I guess. Or this is at least it's a couple of minutes from his uh, speech. Uh, announcing he's running for president. Then I'll read a little story about it. But then we'll talk about the possibility for the first time, maybe in my lifetime, of having two candidates, one for each party. We have to make a tough decision as to who the better candidate is. So choice between the the choice between the better of two, the better of two good candidates as opposed to the lesser of two evil candidates, which is a very rare 
thing. But here's here's RFK today. By the way, if you want to go to Kennedy24, Kennedy the number 24.com, that's his website. If you want to check it out, I guess if you want to give contributions, um, you know, people will assume, oh, he's a Kennedy, he's loaded. No, he needs contributions. You know, he needs contributions. And he probably wants to do what, what Bernie did, which is, you know, try to get, you know, small contributions from a lot of people as opposed to big contributions from from uh, rich people, you know, and, and PACs and stuff like that. Okay, so here's Robert F. Kennedy today announcing that his, he's running for president of the United States. This is what, this is what happens when you censor somebody for 18 years. I got a lot to talk about. They shouldn't have shut me up that long. Because now I'm going to really let loose on them for the next 18 months. They're going to hear a lot from me. All right, so that's the announcement. So he said, he said, if you couldn't hear it, oh, sorry, here we go. Okay. Uh, he said, this is what happens when you censor somebody for 18 years. I've got a lot to talk about. They shouldn't have shut me up for that long because now I'm really going to let loose on them for the next 18 months. They're going to hear a lot from me. During this campaign and during my administration, my objective will be to make as many Americans as possible forget that they're Republicans or Democrats. And remember, they are Americans. We need to focus on the values we share instead of the issues that divide us. The government media strategy of censoring dissonant voices is not only antithetical to our most fundamental values, it is counterproductive, uh, counterproductive in that it fuels the flames of polarization, alienation, and anger. Kennedy also said the blizzard of misinformation that is now inundating our democracy will end only when the government and the media start telling the truth to Americans. So um, this is a, a good campaign strategy, I think, because there are a lot of people out there who don't trust the government anymore. They certainly don't trust the government after the last three years. Right now, he also said, but well, there's some other clips. Maybe I'll should I play him. Let me see. This is what happens when you sense. We got that one going. Um, the very few. Yeah, let's play this one. Hopefully you can hear it okay. I'm going to turn the volume up here. See if we can get this going. Okay, very good. All right, here we are. Let's hope this works. Oh, here we go. I'm going to talk about lockdowns. Um, and nobody wants to talk about it. I, but we need to understand. You know, I grew up. At a time, most of my life was at a time that economists call the Great Prosperity. It's when the American middle class between 1945 and 75 grew to be the biggest economic engine in the, on the face of the globe. I mean, we were the economy in the globe. We made everything that everybody looked to us, not only for goods, but for moral leadership. And we became the most powerful country in the world, unrivaled. And it was because and we had a stable democracy with institutions that people trusted, the press that told us the truth, and, um, and the destruction that, you know, everybody knows it's an economic and political economic rule. You cannot have democracy in a society where there is high concentrations of wealth and widespread poverty. You need a middle class or you don't get democracy. And... Uh, 
that is a law. That is a law. You cannot do it. You cannot do it unless you have a big middle class, and we add that. Uh, but since the early 1980s, there's been a systematic attack on the middle class, and the coup de grace was a lockdown. The lockdown was the biggest shift in wealth in human history, and I'm going to tell you about that in a second. And I blame President Trump for the lockdown. Now, a lot of people will say, a lot of people say, and President Trump gets blamed for a lot of things that he didn't do, and he gets blamed for some things that he did do. But the worst thing that he did to this country, to our civil rights, to our economy, to the middle class in this country was a lockdown. Now, President Trump, in fairness, let me just make this point, will tell people, well, the lockdown wasn't my idea. It was my bureaucrats rolled me on it. I was saying we shouldn't do it. But that's not a good enough excuse. He was the president of the United States. And as Harry Truman said, the buck stops here. On May 2nd, 2020, 600 doctors wrote, signed a letter to President Trump begging him not to do, allow the lockdowns. And they said, because at, at that time, all of the pandemic protocols anywhere in the world, the WHO, CDC, everywhere, the European Health Agency, all says you never do mass lockdowns. It causes much worse havoc and deaths and injuries than if you do the standard protocol, which is you lock down the sick, you protect the vulnerable, and you let everybody else go back to work. Otherwise, you are going to wreak havoc. And of course, you know, and I wrote, I wrote about it for the, um, you know, on Instagram, I was writing every day. I was citing these economic studies that showed every point in unemployment, you get, you get 37,000 excess deaths from heart attacks, suicides, you know, plus imprisonments. I was writing about this. And they dumped me from the social. They said that's misinformation. It was not. But people were saying it. People knew it. It wasn't just me. And we now know, of course, that it's true. There's now study after study and any, every comparison between the states and nations that locked down compared to those who didn't, you know, had shown the ones who locked down, the more you locked down, the worse you got, worse COVID deaths, worse excess deaths. Sweden's numbers came out this week. Sweden was the only country in Europe that didn't lock down. It had the lowest excess deaths in Europe, which is very predictable. If the nation, you know, the nation that led the lockdowns was us, and we had the highest body count of COVID on earth. We have 4.2% of the world's population. We have 16% of the COVID deaths. At some point, even the media is going to have to say, stop saying this was a success story. We so this is the, it's a great strategy, okay? And it's really interesting. Think about this. You have one candidate in each party. You have Kennedy now and you have DeSantis in the Republican Party, who can take the moral high ground on this. Kennedy is saying, I was against the lockdowns from the beginning. And you can see that. We all knew that. You go on his Twitter feed from March of 2020, and he was against everything that we were against, masking, vaccines, all that stuff. 
And you have DeSantis, who was actually governor, right, who in the summer, spring, summer of 2020 said, no, this is not good. We're not doing this and opened up. Right. And everyone moved to Florida. Right. You had a half million people minimum moving from California, from New York to Florida because it was open. So you have one candidate on each side now in Kennedy and DeSantis that can take the moral high ground with COVID. Also, COVID is the reason why I believe Kennedy and DeSantis can run and win. It's COVID that has opened the door for them because they can say we were right and the others were wrong. And and uh, Kennedy is 100% right when he says Trump fucked up. Don't let Trump fool you into believing he was against the lockdown, okay? And trying to make it look like DeSantis is Mr. Lockdown. He's a moron. He's this is you know we always call out the Democrats who are the the champions of gaslighting. But Donald Trump is totally gaslighting when he says, oh, I was not for lockdowns and Ron DeSantis was. It's total bullshit. It's the opposite. It's the complete fucking opposite. OK, uh, just like he's gaslighting when he says Ron DeSantis isn't popular, when he's the most popular governor in the country and his approval rating just went up. By the way, three governors are at their highest approval rating ever. OK, you've got Kemp in Georgia, DeSantis in Florida and Yunkin in Virginia. Hey, where they got in common? I wonder. So it's bullshit. Trump is gaslighting. Kennedy's 100 percent right. The president has to come out and say, and, and also I'm sure Kennedy will talk about this, and he has, that Trump is the one who put Fauci front and center. He created the Fauci Frankenstein. The president had every right to use anyone he wanted. Donald Trump could have had Marty McCary, could have had Jay Bhattacharya, could have had Scott Atlas from day one instead of waiting till August when everything was kind of set in stone and everything was already destroyed to bring in Scott Atlas. And uh, he also could have come out and said, I am 100% against lockdowns, okay? No lockdowns. Now, of course, the hair gel king, the slimy, the slimy, sleazy hair gel king of California, and, you know, Andrew, I can't keep my dick in my pants, Cuomo, would have defied him. There's no doubt about it. They defied everything Trump wanted. We know that. But still, you would have had at least Trump on record saying he took the bully pulpit and he said, I'm totally 100 percent for lockdowns. And he could have used that bully pulpit to go after DeSant, to go after uh, Cuomo and Newsom and the others, Pritzker and Whitmer and all those people who were so pro lockdown. So and he didn't do that. He didn't take the lead. As Kennedy said, the buck stops here. Trump is always saying how much how the president, I'm the president, I'm the president. You know, so come on, man, show how fucking strong you are and powerful you are. He didn't during covid. He didn't. He dropped the ball. He created the Fauci monster. Everything that happened was his fault. OK, so Kennedy, this is a great strategy. This is a great strategy. OK, you were you felt the pain over the last three years while the rich got richer. OK. You know whose fault that is? It's the fault of Donald Trump. And of course, Joe Biden continued all that stuff and made it worse in a lot of ways. And I'm sure he gets to that also in his speech. And he will because he's running against Joe Biden. So I think uh, this is a great strategy. And it's really interesting that we can have two candidates who can take the moral high ground. We can have two nominees who will both be able to take the moral high ground on on covid in the last three years. That's kind of fascinating. It's kind of fascinating to have that. It really is, you know. And um, remember, the Democrats used to be the party of Kennedy. 
Okay, and they were better off when they were. Then they became the party of Clinton, Obama, Biden, and of course they're shit ever since that. Really, ever since they they dropped the party of Kennedy and being, became the party of Clinton, they've gone to hell. They've gone to shit. So this is interesting. This is he could really pose this as a way for the Democratic Party to get back on track again. But also, I like his his idea of I'm going to make you forget about Democrat and Republican. You're just going to vote. For someone, you're just going to vote for a good candidate. Okay. You're going to vote for a good candidate. So that's, I think, a great message. It really is. It really is. And someone told me that he was already up to like double digits in polling before today. So he has a real shot. He has a real shot at this. Remember, he's still a Kennedy. He's still got a lot of people on his side. They still got a lot of money. So this is not like a low-budget, no-name candidate. So this should be interesting. But it is our chance to finally have a choice between the better of two candidates as opposed to the lesser of two evils. And that could be amazing. So this could end up being a total disaster of Biden-Trump again, okay? The same old crap. Or it could be Kennedy-DeSantis. And then we'll have some real talking to do, some real <laughs> conversations to have. So I think it's a very positive development. Neil, do you think it's a positive development? I think I think I know your answer. I think I know your answer. <laughs> oh, but, but it's a little bit more, more nuanced than I, I think you do as well. But I think it's more nuanced than you're probably expecting. Um, and, and rather than starting this. Um, or introducing this by way of an argument, I'm just going to remind you of why I voted for Trump in 2020. Mm -hmm. Despite the fact that he didn't get rid of Fauci, despite the fact that he did not stand up um, forcefully enough against the lockdown and stuff, I knew, and I think that most people that were voting for Trump that, that jumped the Democratic ship after, in my case, of uh, 46 years of voting Democrat, um, those of us that did that jumped um, from party to party, knowing that if Trump was elected, that he was going to put the kibosh on the whole lockdown stuff, that he was going to put the kibosh on the whole push for vaccination, that what he was doing with, at that time was a political calculation. There was too much of the country that was convinced that these vaccinations were going to save humanity from the freaking plague when it was the common cold. There was yeah. too much of this country that was convinced that lockdowns were going to do the very same. Trump could not stand up against that wave of stupidity. He understood that. We all understood that. So he tried to thread the needle. I think we all understood that. So I, I think it's, uh, it, I am not going to be blaming Trump. Trump has a lot of faults. I am not going to be blamed for this. I firmly believe that if he would have been elected, it would have been a very, very, very different last Well, year. you say that, but there's no last truth to that, years. Daniel. Let me tell you why. Because Trump continues to go on the campaign trail and tout how great the vaccines are. Why is he doing that? Why because is he still doing that? Because that's just Trump's personality. No, that's and not. That's bullshit. You don't get. He doesn't get that. There's not. If, that's we. I don't. I, I can't I, stand this. Where that's just Trump. No, 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 no. As Kennedy said, 
If you're a real leader, you lead. And Trump is the kind of person who's never shy about saying how powerful he is, how powerful of a leader he is. So you lead, man. If you believe something, if you believe something is wrong, you use that ultimate bully pulpit in the world to tell the world why you think it's wrong. And there's no reason after three fucking years where he should still be touting the vaccine. It shows, it shows what a weak, insecure little man he is, that and he has to pretend knew. that this was his thing and it worked wonders. But it and hasn't. It hasn't. Mike, but we all knew at the time that if that he would have had no chance at, at election, at re-election, if he would have done that. We knew that. All of us knew that. What? In, in no, by November of 2020? I don't believe that to be the case at all. Oh, yes. There were many people who were sick and tired by that time of not, what had not, happened. Not enough voters, not near enough voters. There were so many people at that time that are still the vast no. majority of people. Uh, once again, convinced. I'm not going to, even if I give you that, I'm a true leader, like Ron DeSantis does this. He doesn't look at polling. He doesn't look at But that at true polling. leader wouldn't have got elected. The true leader would have had no chance. He of didn't get elected. elected. He lost by seven million he votes. He didn't. I know he got he, but but he would have had no chance at all. He no, would have been. I disagree. Would have been, Mike, it, we, he might as if he would have opened his mouth. Ron, to say, and, no, you, what you're saying is what you're saying is he made people suffer for politics. People that's not suffered what I'm saying. for politics. That's not what I'm saying at all. But that's what he did. No, if you're that, a leader. You do the right thing, Daniel. Daniel, this country. People, Wait a we minute, Daniel, in- wait a minute, wait a minute. This country is about 50-50 on the abortion issue. Many political analysts will say, and probably rightfully so, that the Democrats did better in November because of the abortion issue and the Roe v. Wade thing. Yet Ron DeSantis just signed into law one of the most extreme abortion bans in the history of a six-week abortion ban, a guy who wants to be president next year. Now, politically nationwide in a general election that wasn't the best thing to do politically but he believes in it he believes it's the right and just and moral and ethical thing to do so he does it even though there are political analysts who are saying he might pay for that next year and he might and he very well might but he believes in doing the right thing and 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 you're right he he may believe in doing the right thing but he also may be signing his death warrant Politically, by doing those things, Trump made a calculation, and that and he made the wrong calculation. To, he, made the, calculation he made the no, Mike. The calculation he made was, a Newsom a, calcu, a Newsom kind of calculation where you're Mike, a purely political entity. You don't do in your heart what you believe is right. You just do what you believe is best for your career politically. That is not a true leader. I disagree with you. And, and the reason I disagree with you is that sometimes you have to be the political animal to do the greater good, that the perfect is the enemy of no, the good. No, because lives could have been saved if the president took leadership and things were done in a different way. Lives could have been saved, period. And the proof in the pudding is he got fucking destroyed by a fucking Alzheimer's patient anyway. 
he he was he wasn't destroyed. The election was close. The election no, seven million been, votes is not close. It's not it, close. It was and, close. No, seven million votes is not close. That's not a close election. Look at the past elections. Seven million votes is not close. Hillary beat Trump by three million. That wasn't even that close. Seven no. million is not close. And the guy running against him who's an 80-year-old Alzheimer's patient, got 81 million votes, the most votes of president in the history of the United States of America. So what Trump did didn't work. It didn't work. That's all. It didn't work, but that was his best bet. Nothing. When you make political calculations like this to try to do good rather than perfect, I'm sure you've heard the... No, because I, think, I also think you're wrong, because I might have voted for Donald Trump if he had done the right thing in 2020. But I knew he was doing the wrong thing. But by November of 2020... I knew he had done the wrong thing with Fauci and not taking the stand against lockdowns, so I didn't want to vote for that. If Trump had done the right thing, I think more people might have voted for him. I didn't vote for him because he showed no balls for the entire fucking year. So I voted for a Green Party candidate. A leader should show balls. a, a, A leader should show balls at the right time. And that, Daniel, you're driving me crazy. You of all people, 2020 and COVID wasn't the right, when's the right time? When's the, the right, right time? time? It's the like, right it's like, time it's like was making what? the wrong decisions in the middle of a fucking war. We had a, Mike, we had a chance to, to elect Trump. And, and I think, and I think you are convinced as well that if Trump would have run re-election, that the whole vaccination thing, the vaccine passports, the employers uh, demanding vaccinations, he would have put the kibosh on that. He would have put the kibosh on lockdowns. I think that I think that you understand that. So he was he was making a calculation. He was saying, we'll delay this. We'll delay addressing this issue so that I can win and have a chance. Because what is the alternative? The alternative was Biden get elected. Biden was would totally. We all understood that he was going to support vaccination. Yes, but what Trump may have, he was going to support the lockdowns. Wait a minute, Daniel. This was our only chance, Mike. That was our only chance. What Trump? It doesn't matter. This Kennedy does matter. Of course, it matters on Trump. No, but the blame for 2020 goes on the president of the United States, who was there when it happened. Joe Biden wasn't president in March of Joe Biden was the one that continued the vaccination hysteria. Joe Biden was no the one, one that saying, continued the lockdown. What are you saying? No I am saying, saying that if Trump I, got elected, I, no, that no, would have stopped. Listen, listen, listen. I have said a million times, I just said it before you called, that Joe Biden continued it and made it worse. I said that. But you can't say you did, because he did. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. Your speculation on what Trump may have done after a fucking full year of disaster and destruction doesn't matter. That's moot. It's moot. It's not moot because we wanted moot. him to do that. We all no, wanted him is to moot. do that. It is moot. It's Proof not. Is he continues to push the vaccine. What, it what, is what, not what moot. What more proof my... do you need? It he is not. He continues to push the vaccine. He has. Wait a minute, Daniel. He's never admitted for one minute. He's running for president again, right? In 2024, four years into COVID, he has not admitted he made any fucking mistakes. He's never admitted. He's never admitted Fauci was a mistake. He never fucking admitted it. He hasn't admitted the vaccine was shit. He never fucking admitted it. Okay? Ever. Period. A a presidency is much more complicated than the president. 
This Daniel, what you have Daniel, now, the president, Mike, as he said, the buck. Mike, one of our best presidents said the buck stops here. Not the buck stops with the polls. Not the buck stops with an election. The buck stops here at my fucking desk. At my fucking the, desk. The presidency is much more complicated and very different than the president. The president, now an ex-president, can go out and say whatever he wants. And it may or may not be, let's assume he's sincere, and that he truly believes that that, that, uh, that he did something grand with respect to vaccinations. The presidency did not believe that. Okay. The presidency, okay. the presidency is not, not I, this is not, this is, I can't see, I'm not, I'm not playing Trump's lawyer here. He made a lot of mistakes. He made a lot of mistakes. He made mistakes. There's no doubt about that. But, but we knew what the alternative was. The alternative was Trump and we have a chance or Biden and we're fucked. No, that's not what Trump was thinking in March 15th of 2020. Okay. He wasn't thinking that he just didn't know what the fuck he was doing. Okay. He had no courage. He was taken, he was taken aback by this thing. They told him it was the end of days. He, he accepted what they said and he put Fauci front and center. Okay. He didn't have to put Fauci front and center for political reasons. Okay. He didn't have to put Fauci front and center to win a year later. He put Fauci front and center because he didn't do the research that I fucking did for a half a fucking hour and find out what this guy was all about. He trusted an advisor who told him this is the guy. That is not what a leader does, period. It's not what Ron DeSantis would have done. He wouldn't. Ron DeSantis or Kennedy, I don't believe, would just take someone's word and say this is the guy who you're going to put front and center in the middle of World War Three. Okay. Trump showed no leadership, and the leadership he showed was extremely, extremely flawed at the most important time in the 21st century. The most important time since 9-11. He dropped the ball. Kennedy's right. Period. There are many times, myself as a scientist, there are many times when I look around and have to and know for absolute certainty that what I am saying to another group of scientists is absolutely correct. And this entire room of 200 scientists is absolutely 100% wrong. I can understand that. And at the same time, understand the political power that those rest of the 200 people have. And that I am going to have to play some games that I would rather not Daniel, play. Daniel, order- wait, were, were you not in the room with please. me personally? Just let me finish, please. Go ahead. I hear what you're yeah. saying. You're saying you got to play political games. You got to make political calculations. That's not what a real leader does. But forget about that. Mike, that is what a real me? leader does. Mike, pre- that is precisely what no. a real leader does. Is no, deals no, with it's the not. Reality. A real leader doesn't look at the political wins or polls or follow people. He leads. He leads. A real, a real leader, Mike, if, if, once again, using the scientist as uh, myself as a scientist analogy, if I got in that room and I just started repeating over and over again, you guys are wrong, you guys are wrong, you're a bunch of idiots, I would get absolutely nowhere. The only way that I am going to conjole this, this, that room of scientists yeah. into understanding the reality is one by one. To, to, to develop relationships with them. Yeah, I know what you're them, saying. I know what you're saying. Daniel, they have you to were, go against some about, of their Daniel, instincts, which are about, about March, getting support. Daniel, Mike, forget about Mike, March of 2020. I, this is, you I were know. in the room. Daniel, listen to me. You were in the room with me when Scott Atlas said he was called in in August of 2020, okay? By August of 2020, if Trump didn't know things were fucked up, things were going the wrong way, then he's a total fucking dickhead, okay? So in August, he calls in Scott Atlas, seven months too fucking late. 
He calls in Scott Atlas, all right? It's like a manager. I know you don't follow sports ball, but it's like a manager taking a pitcher out after he's given up 27 runs. The game's fucking over, okay? So Trump calls in Atlas in August. What did You were in the room with me. What did Atlas say? Did Trump then become a leader and say, this is the guy who's taking over for Fauci? Why did he bring in Atlas? He brought in Atlas and he let Fauci, Redfield, and Burks bully him with bullshit. So, so Atlas went running back to California. Is that what a leader does? He brought he three in Atlas. Bully him back to California. He did what he should. He brought in Atlas. That was a oh, good thing, on, was Daniel, it not? He brought him in in August, man. And then he let the three of them dominate him. Did he, you not read his book? Were you not in the room when he was did, talking about this? Did Biden bring in? Did Biden bring in anyone like that? Not himself, we're not talking about Biden. Don't play that fucking game, Daniel. Come on. We're not talking what about game? Biden. We're, Mike, we're Mike, talking about choice, Trump. The choice was between Biden and no, Trump. It doesn't matter. It, of course it matters. Saying, it was an election. No, what Kennedy <laughs> is saying, a... listen to me. What Kennedy is saying is that Trump made the wrong decisions as a leader. I'm He's not, not talking, talking about, about Joe Biden. Right now. Robert Kennedy will talk about Biden also. He will talk about how Biden continued Trump's damage, continues Trump's shit leadership. He will talk about that. That's why he's running against the man. He has to run against Biden before he runs against a Republican. So I'm sure he's going to talk about how Biden's been terrible over the last two years. But that doesn't mean that Trump wasn't awful at the beginning when it mattered the most. Trump had political decisions to make, Mike. That's the wrong. reality of it. There is, a momentum, there is a momentum to stupidity. And, they were and you wrong. have to deal with no. that. You no. have and to the president, understand that the you are not going to be no. the... Daniel, like, we're not going to agree on this. We're not going to agree on this. We're not going to agree. We're well, not gonna agree. We, we may we may agree or disagree, but I am am I'm, I'm making my point. And my well, point, and your point, is your point, you know, your point does your point loses elections because Trump lost the election by seven million votes. So all of the calculations that had that people died from, he lost by seven million votes anyway. So maybe next time he'll have fucking balls. And if Trump would have come out and 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 did what you want to do what, at the Daniel, time, seven and a half million votes. He, you didn't Come know on. he was going to lose until Come on. after the I know fact. you're going to lose when you got no balls and you don't stand up for what's right. Mike, DeSantis, are you, by standing are you up for what's right, won Florida by a million and a half votes because he stands are you up honestly for what's right and doesn't follow losers' suggestions. Period. Are you honestly trying to tell me that you knew that Trump was going to lose Daniel, even on election Daniel, night? Daniel, Daniel, listen to me. This is not about the election or Biden. This is about the decisions Trump made at the start, which were the most important decisions of the last three years. It got everything rolling. It got the lockdowns rolling. It got the vaccines rolling. It got the masks rolling. It got everything rolling to where by the November you couldn't stop it. He started it. He started the fire, not Joe Biden. He didn't start the fire, number one. Oh, my God. Daniel. All right. Daniel, let me let domestic come on because we're not going to agree and we're just going to yell and things are going to get loud but i thank you for the call hello hello first i want to thank everybody for bringing back the real uh journalism of heated heated productive debate (laughs) thank you i miss it i am tired of journalists even the ones i like who invite someone just to reinforce their point and say uh, yes, yes, I totally agree with you. I want to suggest an alternative view. I, I, I think I know where 
uh, Daniel is coming from. What he's saying is when you are in Trump's position, you know, you're not a hero. You're an average president. You're caught between competing interests. You're caught between conflicting things that you hear from every direction. So I'm not justifying. I know what you're saying. I could see where Daniel and where Trump was coming back then. But now, if you're as big of a badass as you say you are, you should own it. And you should say, we made a mistake exactly. never again. Never right now, failure. there is no excuse for, for yes. not, for not a apologizing exactly. if you're a bet if you're a badass that's a uh, that's number one the second quick point i wanted to make as if we needed any more proof that so many democrats are completely deranged lunatics in the news they started attacking rfk uh they started attacking him instead of saying finally we have someone who is decent who is polished who is sophisticated who can really bring back some respect to the left Who's, who's going after him? You mean the media? Well, apparently the media already started uh, demonizing him. Instead of saying, I, we wish we saw what he saw about vaccines and all that BS, they're attacking him even now after everything we know about vaccines. They're still attacking him for that. So yes, they show their good. ugliest angle. Of course. And, and they've got the memo from the DNC that they must go on the attack and, and protect Joe Biden. They know that. They, they they will attack him. You will see very similar attacks against RFK that you saw against Bernie Sanders. You'll see the same shit. You know, he's he's out there. He's a he's a kook. You know he's got crazy ideas. He's a he's a, you know he's a he's a he's an anti-vaxer. Blah 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 blah. Why, as a liberal, I don't care how much of a left you are. Why on earth would you prefer Biden on RFK? What does Biden offer that RFK would not would not give you? You're asking this question to normal people, <laughs> so I don't know. I can't give you an answer. Well, I, I maybe they will vote for him, and some on the right will vote for him. I, it does sound like he represents some decency, a real decency. No? Yeah, yeah. I, look, the the fact matters. This is the problem, though. This is what the Democratic establishment machine does. They do it all the time. They will go after someone who they see. As outside the establishment, even though his name is Kennedy, how hilarious is that? How if I told you, like, um, I don't know, even 30 years ago that a or 20 years ago, even that a Kennedy would be considered outside the Democratic establishment, you'd say, Mike, are you are you cracking up? What's wrong with you? Are, are you are you crazy? A Kennedy? They're, they're totally inside. They are the Democratic Party. But this is where we are now, you know, and. This is no longer the party of the Kennedys. This is now the party of the Obama, Clinton, Bidens. You know, and that's the problem. You know, if DeSantis ran against him, we wouldn't be upset if either one won. We wouldn't be too upset, right? It would be a good day no matter what. That's what I've said and Daniel said and others are saying today on social media, yeah. which is that we'd finally, after how many election cycles, have a choice about, you know, the better of two good candidates as yeah. opposed to lesser of two evil candidates, right? Yeah, we'd we'd actually, you know what? It would actually be a tough choice for me. It would be, and I think for many people, it would be a very tough choice. It really would. You know, I I, I can't, I really can't tell you right now how I'd vote if it was Kennedy versus DeSantis. And that's how but it's supposed to be. That's how it's yeah, supposed but, to be in a normal environment where you kind of like both and maybe a little bit dislike and indecisive. That's how it should be. That's what makes things less polarizing, too, maybe. Well, 
No, there's always a fight, right? There's always some kind of a fight. Daniel and I prove that. There's always a fight, even if you agree on 99% of the things. There's always right. that 1% that you can really go after. But um, I think a Kennedy-DeSantis fight would be fascinating because they yeah. both have equal strengths, right? You know, DeSantis against a, um, a Biden. DeSantis is definitely going to use the COVID stuff. He'll use it against Trump, as he rightfully should. Kennedy against Biden will use the COVID stuff, but Kennedy against DeSantis. That's a tough one. Yeah, <laughs> it is because you have to look at what are their weaknesses. They don't. And what really are their differences? What are their differences? We don't even know what are their differences. Right. It's like I, I, I don't, I, I don't know um, what the differences are right now. We'll have to wait until this. Well, there's one difference. RFK is so tanned today that he might be considered the person of color. Well, I don't know. The, the you know the the, the differences are probably going to be your more your more standard Democrat versus Republican distance uh, uh, differences, right? You're yeah. probably going to see Kennedy being much more of a pro-choice guy, right? Than than Ron DeSantis, obviously. So there'll be that. There'll be the abortion thing, but I don't think that's going to be much of an issue next year. So what else are you going to look at? You can look at maybe healthcare. How about healthcare? That's yeah. probably a difference, right? You yep. would think Kennedy is more in the like Bernie category of healthcare, right? Where where DeSantis is not. Now I don't know if these things are I'm just I'm kind of making this stuff up, but I think this is where the two guys are coming there's from. There's no there's no way that RFK supports uh trans women to be in women's sports, right? There's no chance. No, probably not. Probably not. I, I would I would think not. That is that gonna I don't know how much of an issue that's gonna be, right? That's probably gonna be one of those fringe wedge crazy issues but on the let's look at stuff let's let's try to break this down a little bit the economy okay on the economy i think what you're going to see is kennedy much more with the traditional liberal values when it comes to the economy and desantis with more the traditional conservative values when it comes to the economy um war i think you'll probably find that kennedy is definitely much more anti-war than ron desantis right that's probably going to be the case. Once again, much more of the traditional liberal view on war, where DeSantis has the more of the traditional conservative view, but still DeSantis is not for all the money we're spending to the Ukraine. So we don't know about that either. Immigration, right? I don't know. We know that DeSantis is a tough on the, you know, close the border, build the wall kind of a guy. Is Kennedy right. there? We don't know that. Here's yeah, the thing about that. Kennedy. We know a lot less about him politically on all these issues that we do DeSantis because DeSantis has been a governor, you know, for the last, you know, five years. So it's tough. It's tough. I don't, I don't know where Kennedy stands on the immigration. Do you, have you heard? No, no, I, I haven't heard. So, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's a tough one. Yeah. We don't know. It's, 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 it's tough because he's not really been a political figure his entire life. He has stayed out of the political. He's made it a point to really stay out of the political arena. He's done environmental stuff. He's done the vaccine stuff. He's done the children's health defense stuff. But let's see. Well, let's let's together go on Kennedy 2024. And he says his priorities are honest, honest government, reconciliation, the environment, revitalization, peace, and civil liberties. So Let's see what he might say about peace. 
That has something to do with war, I guess. What about his voice? Isn't he going to completely lose his voice after campaigning? I don't think it's that kind of an issue. I don't think his voice... I don't think his voice goes away. I don't think he gets the horse. I think that's a... a, a uh, the condition he has is like a permanent condition. I don't think it gets any better or any worse. So I, I don't think that's... I don't think that's the problem. But it looks as though... Um, he's... Yeah, he's anti the American empire. He says, America cannot be an empire abroad and continue to be a democracy at home. So right there, you're more in the what? Like the, He's also very likable generally, right? Demeanor, yeah. just very likable, yeah. very dignified. I mean, so no yeah. baggage, no political right. baggage to hate on, right? Right. So, yeah. So it's, a, it's, a, it's more of a the, your traditional Democrat liberal of America first, don't get involved unless you really have to on other nations, you know, issues. Um, but I think civil liberties, reading his stuff on his website, is a big part of it. It really is. And freedom of speech, this is very smart because these are big issues now. We saw with the Twitter stuff, right? So freedom of speech, uh, the lockdowns, the COVID era, uh, suspension of the rights to assembly, trial by jury, freedom of worship. We can't have that happen again. This is all what he's saying. So it's uh, the flow of information is the sunlight and water and fertilizer for democracy. So this is this really resonates now, I think. It really resonates. And this is going to resonate with a lot of Republicans. That's really interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is yeah. going to resonate with a lot of – this is going to resonate, unfortunately, because of the time period we're in. This is going to resonate more with Republicans than Democrats. You know? Yeah. But it should resonate with everybody, of course. Does it mean – does it mean that you're not joining the fight for freedom with Newsom? Who? Who? Me or Kennedy? Yeah, you. Oh, Newsom? Oh, yeah, Newsom. Newsom. Well, yeah. You don't want to join the fight? We're going to talk about Newsom in a bit, but, you know, Newsom continues his ridiculousness of uh, saying that Florida is not free because it doesn't want to teach transgender stuff to kindergartners. You know, that's, that's his, his... Newsom's idea of freedom seems to be... Um, Newsom's idea of freedom seems to be that you should teach kindergartners about gender reassignment, right? You should allow 10-year-olds to get their penis, uh, you know, uh, cut off if they want. And you should have books in the libraries and schools showing how to have sex. This is what Newsom truly believes is a free society. That's what he believes. That's, that's, that's how crazy this man is. But there's one thing that's for certain about Gavin Newsom. He is so obsessed with Ron DeSantis. Do you find it to be a little bit creepy, the obsession he has? Well, he, that's, he thinks that that's his political threat, so of course he has to attack him. That's a first sign. Why would you it, otherwise it, attack him? It's his political threat, I guess in a way it can be, because I guess, is he putting his money on Newsom? Is he, is he putting his money on DeSantis winning the primary? I guess he is, because he talks more about DeSantis than Trump. So yeah, it appears money. to be. Yeah, it 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 be, because everybody rubs in his face how much Florida is like the opposite of California. How everybody's moving, so he feels the need to defend himself. So instead of defending himself by fixing this place and saying we're getting better and we're getting closer to how Florida is, he's going there and trashing them, making himself look like a total clown and an idiot. Here's not, I'm just going through Kennedy's, getting back to Kennedy's website. Yeah. Here's one. Here's a quote from him. Let me let me ask you. Do you think this is possible? My aim, he said, is to convince every Democrat 
that you're not a Democrat, and ever Republican that you're not a Republican. Do you think what he's trying to do there is, is trying to break through the cult of party? You think he can? I think it's a wonderful goal, but unrealistic. Yeah. It's just too much to ask. But well, he might convince a few people of that. Not everyone, but he might convince some people. Yeah. He has to break through the tribalism, right? Yeah. He really has to break through that. Also, he, he has to break, he has to break through this idea that you have to purchase the whole package. If you are, you know, pro gun rights, you have to be against abortion. Well, why can't you be one and not the other and don't fit in either box? Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. And he's going to have to, I'm going through his website. I'm not seeing that many answers on specific things such as healthcare, um, Unemployment, uh, uh, the uh, uh, immigration, abortion. Of course, he's going to have to answer those questions over the next year. So we'll see what he says because they can ask the questions and they'll be asked in debates. Now, here's the other thing that's going to be very difficult for him. He's not going to be able. I don't know if he'll be able to get any debates. I don't think he will. Why not? The DNC won't grant him any because they'll really? say they'll say you can't challenge a sitting president. So oh. there'll be no debates. I think unless the only way he'll be able to get them is if he shows that he's doing really well in polls, he might have mm -hmm. to get to a certain percentage that the DNC will set very, very high. They'll set very high standards um, since it's not an open seat. Um, I'm sure they'll make it very difficult for him to, to challenge. And of course, Biden. just like with Trump, if Biden has had a shred of dignity given his age and health condition, he would have endorsed RFK or someone like RFK, but that ain't going to happen either, right? No, I don't think so. I don't. No, if if, um, if the Democratic Party, like I've said on this show, is uh, uh, grooming anyone to run this year or next year, it's Newsom, not Kennedy. Mm -hmm. I mean, they'd give their blessing to Biden Biden regime would give their blessing to Newsom, not to Kennedy. Isn't that sick? What's happened to that party, the Democratic Party? Yeah, they and they keep they keep underscoring. Kennedy? They leave no doubt for how sick they are. They keep underscoring by their response to RFK how deranged and how extreme you are, as if we needed any other reminder. Yeah, uh, you know. Once again, I I'm trying to work out in my mind how I'd vote. Once again, I think it's a long shot that it'll be Kennedy versus DeSantis simply because the DNC has said that they can fix their primary, right? They've said that. They'll decide who they want to win and no, the there people really have no choice. Go ahead. I'm sorry. There is an, no, there is an easy solution. Vote in person for DeSantis and vote by mail for RFK so you've got it all covered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good – there you go. That's it's possible, right? Well, I, like I think Daniel brought this up or Gator or someone brought this up last week. What do you do if uh, come March of next year, the California primary and Kennedy's still in the race and DeSantis is obviously in the race, which primary do you vote in? Because you, you can only choose one or the other. Now, that's a tough one. It'll probably depend on my first reaction was DeSantis was the Republican primary because DeSantis has a better chance of beating Trump than Kennedy does Biden in California. But but. I'll have to see what the polls are saying. I mean, if the polls are saying that Donald Trump is 37 points ahead of Ron DeSantis uh, in California and, you know, Kennedy's only five points behind Biden, then I think I would choose the Democratic primary. 
But if it's reversed, I'd probably choose the Republican primary because yeah. I, I want to I want my vote to mean something, you know. I yeah. want my vote to mean something. I will tell you why DeSantis would be, I think would be a better proposition. RFK, no matter how good he is, he's still going to have to do things to please his side, right? He will still have to do certain things with taxes, with some extra regulation, who knows with what, and that's still a problem. Um, yeah, I don't – once again, this, the issues that are going to drive the day next year, I believe – a problem they're not you know it's not going to be covid because covid is going to be long gone so the issues that are going to drive the day are going to be economy right immigration healthcare would usually drive these elections right it's not going to yeah. be covid or abortion or trans bathrooms it's going to be the economy immigration and you know uh uh maybe you know, getting involved in other nations, wars and stuff like that, war stuff. So we're going to have to find out exactly where these two candidates, you know, fall on those on those issues. I still believe, um, even after the last three years, that we should have everyone should have health care. So if you have Kennedy and DeSantis both agreeing that everyone should have health care, which is very possible, what are their plans? How do you get there? I don't think DeSantis is gonna. That's not a Republican thing. Healthcare for everyone. So that's not gonna be his thing. Well, but but Trump brought it up many times. He didn't do anything about it. But Trump said many times that he thinks everyone should have healthcare. They just had yeah. different ways of getting there, right? Whether yeah. it was Medicare for all or a public option, or you buy in or you get a tax break. You know what I'm saying? It's always been like different ideas. But it's hard to find anyone in 2023 or 2024. That's going to say people shouldn't have health care because most Americans believe that everyone should have health care. The, the argument is, how do we get there? Right. What, well, what we, we start what? by buying health care for everyone in Ukraine, whoever is left. And then we then we buy yeah, yeah, health care for everyone in Ukraine. Yeah, of course. But or health care for everyone in prison or homeless. They get they get health care first, obviously. Uh, you know, the rest of us have to deal with it. But I think that the issues are going to come down to the issues that, it, it, you know, freedoms will be in there. Freedoms, freedom of speech, freedom of expression, freedom of the press, censorship, government censorship. That'll probably be part of it this time around also. Um, and, bo and both Kennedy and DeSantis are both very strong when it comes to that. So we'll see. Big Pharma, right? Big Pharma. Yeah. Dan yeah. DeSantis for Republican has talked out a lot about against Big Pharma. So yeah. Kennedy might not have the edge there because they've both been anti big pharma. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting, but I just hope that that Kennedy has a real shot at this, you know, but I'm not, let's put it this way. I don't have that much faith in the voters, but I have even less faith in the DNC <laughs> for allowing for a fair to, for allowing what we're doing on this show right now for just a fair assessment a fair fight. I don't think they're going to allow it. They will do their best. You'll see this now that he's an official candidate. You'll see over the next few months how the media goes after him viciously, viciously, basically carrying the water for Joe Biden. Yeah, that's very disappointing. But uh, at least, you know, they show their face and leave no doubt for who they are. Uh, so well, that yeah. will be clear and 
it's all of our jobs, you, Daniel, me, everyone who listens to this show, whoever it may be, to call them out on it whenever they do it, to say, oh, they wrote this story yesterday. Let's read it. Let's talk about how false it is, how much misinformation is in there. And we need to go on social media. Now that Twitter is not going to be carrying the water for Joe Biden and the DNC. They lost that. They lost a big ally when that when Elon Musk took over. So they won't have that now. They won't have what they had during the Sanders primaries. They'll, they won't have it. So we can go on there and we can say this is obviously false and we're not going to be deleted. We're not going to be shadow banned or, or censored. So we yeah, need to do I'm that. into that. I'm into that. Yeah, we all, we all need to do that. We all need to be there and, and make sure this is, uh, you know, the media doesn't do their bidding for them. So, and, and they know that's something they have to do because Joe Biden can't speak for himself. Right. So they'll put Joe Biden in the basement, just like they did in 2020. They'll put him in the basement and they'll make the media do all the talking. And that's the problem. We have to really fight back at that. But we didn't have Twitter in, in 2020. We do now. So, you know, did you see the Elon Musk interview on uh, Carlson? Yeah, there was some pearls there. Yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah. Well, I think the thing that stood out the most to me was a lot of the AI stuff. Well, also, yeah. what people are talking about a lot, although I thought we knew this, was that the government censorship went really deep on Twitter. Yeah. Like with direct messages, they were, they were checking out our direct messages. So the, there was that further revelation. But I think the AI stuff was pretty fascinating. My favorite part was you would be surprised how few people you need when it's not a glorified activist organization obsessed with with censorship. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what that was my favorite part. <laughs> yeah, he, he said, "How could how could you got rid of so many people and still run?" And that's what he said, right? Yeah, that yeah. was hilarious. And you know, that's not a conspiracy. It comes from the insider who bought it, who owned it, who did due diligence. So this is facts, dry facts from someone who tries to be, uh, you know, fairly impartial. That was just amazing to hear. And you could, you could see that Tucker Carlson almost orgasmed when he heard that. Like, and I, I, you know, I understand why. So that was, that was good. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Huh. You know, so, uh, yeah, it, it, this whole thing is going to be fascinating. It really is. It's going to be fascinating. Yeah. But, you yeah. Mark my words, the DNC will do whatever they can to make sure it's not a fair uh, fight. I hope you're wrong, but you're probably going to be right. Uh, Mike, thanks for having sure. me. Show, thanks, Domestic. Show, and um, I'm looking forward to more updates. Okay, thanks a lot. Okay. All right, bye-bye. All right. Yeah, so once again, that's where we are. That's where we are. We'll see, we'll see how this uh, works going forward, but we know. We know what the DNC will do because they have served notice already twice. And they said the primary is our game. We can do what we want. It's not democracy. Some, somehow these, these um, lunatics at the DNC, these very shrewd lunatics at the DNC have been able to sep separate the primary from the general. They say the general is democracy, but the primary is a club thing. This is this is how crazy the Democratic Party has become. And we've talked about this with superdelegates, which the Republicans don't have. The Republicans don't have the superdelegates that the Democrats have, where the voters can say, we want this person in one state. The superdelegates, nah, we'll take someone else. 
we'll take the other guy, where they can just overrule the voters. Rich, wealthy, multimillionaire, billionaire superdelegates. Why does a party need that? Why does the party need that? And even with all the criticism they took after 2016, they did it again in 2020. They did kind of a, a tampered, mild version. They said, oh, we're not really going to use superdelegates till the end. Well, well, then fuck me. So what's the point? If you can use them at the end, at the convention, you can change whatever you want to change. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. So the Republicans simply run a more fair primary process, which they equal which they see equal to the general election, which Democrats don't. But how you can say that the general election in November is democracy, it's not fixed and rigged, but we're allowed to rig the process of who gets to run. It doesn't make any sense at all, any sense at all. And I truly believe that's one of the reasons why I'm no longer a Democrat. Before this, of course, that happened years before COVID. That got the ball rolling. How can anyone remain in a party where the party is telling you that we are going to decide who you're going Basically, the party is telling its voters, we're going to decide who you will vote for in November. We'll decide. And then you'll do as we say and vote for that person. What kind of... That's democracy? That's a constitutional republic? How could you remain in a party that has actually said those words? That has gone to court and said, no, no, this is a private club the primary. So if we don't want to let a person into a private club, we don't have to. We don't have to. We want Hillary in our club, not Bernie. We want Biden in our club, not not Sanders. We want Biden in our club, not RFK Jr. Why would you stay with a party like that? They're spitting on you. They're saying your vote doesn't count. Your voice doesn't count unless we want it to count. If you agree with us, then we'll let it count. But if you don't agree with us, we're going to eliminate it. I don't, I don't get it. I don't know how you can remain in a party like that. But since we talked for the first hour about RFK, I do want to talk about who his opponent will be. I'm going to be very optimistic about this. His opponent will be, in November of 24, Ron DeSantis. And so wouldn't it be nice if we could just, if we can just forget about Biden and Trump Right. If we can wave a magic wand and make both of them go away, I, th- I think that would be fascinating. OK, um, but <laughs> they're doing great things in the Florida legislature. And this is the last month of this. This is why DeSantis is going to wait till next month to announce, because he's going to announce all of these great conservative things he's been able to get accomplished in Florida. And it's one thing after another that I agree with. Now, we talked yesterday about death penalty. And I, I think we, we worked through that as I think at least I made it clear that I'm probably still not for the death penalty, even though Ron DeSantis wants it for uh, child molesters under 12, people who molest children under 12, sexually abused children under 12. Um, but everything else, I'm really all for. You know, even the six-week abortion ban even though in the past I may not have been for that. Now I am. So I'm on his side with that. But also what they're going to do is they're considering banning sex reassignment procedures for minors. Now, <laughs> this is interesting. So they're on the floor of the House of the, uh, of the legislature in Florida. And 
this is what they're voting on. This is what they're discussing. And a Democrat named Anna, Anna for Florida, I'm not sure exactly who she is. If a doctor recommends puberty blockers or hormonal replacement therapy, that's no longer going to be available? That was her question. And a Republican named Ralph Mazzullo said, yeah, that's like the point. That's the point. So this is what these Democrats, this is the fascinating thing about Democrats. I'm trying to be nice by using the word fascinating. But here in California, they want, they believe in a bill that says they can tell doctors what to say. Okay. They can tell doctors what to say when it comes to COVID, right? The doctors have to follow the government approved lines when it comes to COVID. They can't go outside that box or they can get in trouble. All right. Yet in Florida, the Democrats are upset because Republicans, okay, want to make sure, forget about doctors can say whatever they want. They can recommend whatever they want. But in Florida, puberty blockers and hormone replacement therapy is no longer going to be available. Those, those drugs, okay, are no longer going to be available. And of course, the Democrats are up in arms about this. Oh, how could you interfere? How could you interfere? If a doctor feels an eight-year-old who's a male should be a woman, that doctor should be able to get the ball rolling. This is what these Democrats truly believe. And this is what the slimy, greasy hair gel king of California is all over Ron DeSantis. He, he sees something like this and he says, oh, this is the state of freedom. This is the state of freedom, sarcastically. Meaning, Gavin Newsom believes that a doctor should be able to assign someone a different gender, right? Should be able to say, oh, yeah, 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 all right. Let's face it, folks. When you go to the doctor, when, you, when I go to the doctor, okay, uh, it's usually about 15, 20-minute visit. Do people think that these parents are bringing their children to the doctor and they're having a three-and-a-half-week conversation about this? You know these doctors these days. It's all an assembly line. They have a, a they have they have a patient at one one fifteen one forty five two two fifteen two fifteen. So I'm going to bring my kid at three o'clock to see the doctor, and the session's going to go to three fifteen three twenty if I'm lucky. So what am I going to do? I'm going to say, okay, here's my eight year old. He's a boy. Thinks he's a girl. Plays with girl stuff. Puts on girls' clothes. And this doctor, this fucking doctor, okay, who probably believes that. Children should get six vaccines, six boosters for COVID, wear a mask forever, lockdowns worked, is going to say, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, Here, here's a prescription for hormonal placement therapy and puberty blockers, and this should be allowed. This is what Democrats believe is freedom, that that should be allowed. And taking that away is taking away freedom. This is how insane these people are. They are incredibly insane. They are nuts, okay? They're out of their fucking mind, Okay. Of course, a doctor should not be able to prescribe these things. Of course, puberty blockers and hormone replacement therapy should not be available for a minor without a doubt. And remember, it's not like there's a labyrinthine process that is you must go through, that's regulated to go through. There are no real regulations. If the doctor says, yes, in my 10-minute assessment, I agree with you. This is a boy, should be a girl. We'll be happier. Okay, here you go. Let's get the ball rolling on this. It's absolutely insane. Absolutely insane. Only an adult should be able to make that decision for themselves. Okay? Only an adult. 
should be able to make that decision for themselves. Okay. And this is also remembering that I believe, and many people believe that this is a psychological disorder. Okay. This is a psychological disorder. This transgender stuff is psychological disorder. So these people should not be bringing their kids to a medical doctor. They should be bringing their kids to therapy and they need years of therapy is what they need. Years and years of therapy. So this is the great thing that the state of Florida is doing. And of course, DeSantis, the hair gel king, the slimy hair gel king of California is on the case. Okay. Is on the case of, of Newsom saying this is not uh, freedom. And there's been more. There's been more. There was another issue. This is more of what Ron DeSantis is getting accomplished in, uh, in Florida, which is uh, basically doing what the voters, this is something else that the hair gel king doesn't understand. The voters want this stuff. Okay. He ran on all this. See, we just had an election back in November and the issues that were talked about were all of these things. Okay. And a million and a half more Floridians said, we want this stuff than, than the others. Okay. It won by a million and a half votes. Okay. A million and a half more people want DeSantis to do this stuff that don't want him to do it. So maybe the hair gel king of California doesn't understand how democracy works. This was all just legislated. And Ron DeSantis' job approval and rating just jumped to a four-year high as he's getting all these things done. All right? DeSantis is also the only governor to have removed a Soros-backed prosecutor. The only one who's back to Soros. Remember, it's states like California and New York. I'm queuing this up. Florida and New York that have the most Soros-backed prosecutors. Yet DeSantis in Florida is the only governor to have removed a, a Soros-backed prosecutor from office. You want it in his words? Let's do it. Let's, let, let, this is in his words, since I've been talking enough. They want to use the law as a political weapon to advance their ideological agenda. So laws that they don't like, they don't enforce. What ends up happening, these societies crumble, public safety crumbles, people flee these areas. And I made it clear in Florida, we're not tolerating that. When we had a prosecutor that was backed by Soros in Tampa, who said he was not going to enforce laws in Florida he didn't like, I removed him from his post. He's gone. Now that is true leadership. True leadership. Doesn't matter what the polls say. Doesn't matter what the political environment is. Doesn't matter what it might do to him in Florida or running for president. The guys at DA said, I'm not going to follow the laws. The job of the DA is to follow the laws, to apply the laws. And he said, no, I'm not going to do that. The Santa said, okay, then you do another job. It's really simple. Very simple. Very simple. When someone is not doing the job, you fire them. You know, like if a certain doctor is not doing the job you thought he might be able to do, is not doing what you want, is 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 hurting people, killing people, you fire the person. Doesn't matter what politics are. If this guy is causing people to die, you fire them. So that's what a true leader does. And that's Ron DeSantis. Uh, yeah, there was something else that DeSantis did that bothered the hair gel king of, Cal- of California. And I'm trying to figure out. I know it because I tweeted to him. 
I sent some, I sent something to him and, uh, it was some other issue, but I do want to figure out what it was. I'll go through my, my feed here. Um, but I, I, once again, I think that having a choice between two really good candidates is going to be just, it's going to be great for the country because you know why? And we talked about this with Trump. One of the biggest problems with Donald Trump is it's going to be about everything else but but issues, right? If Trump is the nominee, all you're going to be hearing about is indictments and, and, and jail and court cases and hearings and appearances and January 6th and uh, documents up his ass and uh, payments to porn stars and hookers and pissing on hookers and hotels. That's all we're going to hear about. That's not what we want to hear about. We want to hear about actual issues. So if you have, and of course, Biden, you'll get a lot of, you know, he's demented. He's, he can't speak. He's, you know, he's dribbling. He's not going to make it through his term. Now we got to talk about Kamala Harris becoming president. We want to talk about issues. I think if you get RFK versus DeSantis, you're going to get the most issues-based presidential election maybe in our lifetimes, okay? Where, like I said, they, both men are going to have to talk about immigration and the economy and health care and uh, small businesses and all of that stuff and freedom. And that's going to come front and center. OK. Oh, here it is. Here it is. <laughs> Florida bill banned businesses from permitting children into adult live performances as sexual drag shows. Listen to this. OK. It passed 82 to 32, 82 to 32. And DeSantis will sign it. Let, let me just say, with, once again, this is another thing that Gavin Newsom would call anti-freedom. This is what I sent to him. I said, does this show a lack of freedom, you slimy, greasy, hair gel king? They want to ban businesses from permitting children, minors, into adult live performances, such as drag shows. And you know what we've seen. You know, drag queens shaking their asses in six-year-olds' faces. They want to ban that stuff. And unfortunately, the Democrats will say, oh, Mike, you're making that up. doesn't happen. It doesn't matter if there's video after video of that on Twitter and YouTube. Video after video. We just saw another one last week where a child was watching a drag queen hump a fucking pillow. Oh, no, it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. So this is more common sense, or as we say in the show, uncommon sense stuff that uh, that Ron DeSantis is doing in Florida, that Gavin Newsom is trying to, is trying to say is anti-freedom. It's, you know, you have to have the freedom to bring your six-year-old to a drag show so a drag queen can, can, can piss on a, uh, in a toilet and the kid can watch. These people are insane. They're fucking crazy. They're insane. But you see, as I've said before, I know I sound like a broken record. I sound like a broken But I don't care. The only way that Gavin Newsom can actually criticize this stuff is if the people who elected Gavin Newsom agree with him. Because Gavin Newsom, hey, we just talked about Trump being political. There's no more political entity than Gavin Newsom. Like I said, it's like he was created in a lab. If you were going to cast a greasy, slimy politician in a movie, it would be Gavin Newsom. So no one's worse than him when it comes to doing things just for political reasons. He would never do something that's going to hurt him politically as governor or running for president. He would never do it. So he knows the people in his party in California, and many of them around the country, will agree with him on this. They will agree, so he can say it. If, he, if they didn't agree, and they thought he was fucking crazy like we do, 
he wouldn't be able to say it. And he says it with such amazing gaslighting conviction. He says it with amazing conviction all the time because the voters back him up. Okay? The voters back him up. And he knows that. He knows these these idiot voters, these ignorant lemmings, got his back. They got his back. Okay, here's another one. Here's another one. Here's another one from the hair gel king of California. Okay. Okay, here we go. This is another thing that Newsom did, which I agree with. I'm sorry, DeSantis. Come on, Mike. You don't agree with Newsom. Slap yourself for saying that. Okay. Here we go. So Florida, which they, which they want to do is they want to ban teaching about sexual orientation and gender reassignment in, in uh, K through 12. So in, in, in public school until you get to college. So, you know, elementary school, junior high school, high school. What they want to do is they want to stop teaching about, uh, about that crazy stuff, which they should never teach about. They should never teach about that, ever. Why do they have to teach K through 12 about sexual orientation, okay, or gender reassignment to people who can't legally have sex yet, okay? In about a third of the states in this country, the age is 18 to legally have sex, okay? Age of consent. So why do you need to teach about sexual orientation, okay, and gender reassignment to people before they get to college? Why do you even have to teach it in college? How many college courses are there about sexual orientation and gender reassignment? Why would you take a fucking course in that? This is not what they should be teaching in schools. They teach math, English, social studies, science, not sexual orientation and gender reassignment. So rightfully so. And also, there are a lot of caveats to this. It's like if a local school board wants this, they can add this. If a local school board wants it. So it's not like an across-the-board ban, all right? It also has nothing to do with sex education. That's all obviously always been allowed and should be allowed. So, of course, Newsom, the liar he is, the purely political entity scumbag liar he is, says this. This is what Newsom said. The freedom state strikes again. Florida just expanded the don't say gay law. Acknowledgement of LGBTQ people is banned for all K through 12 students. This is not about kids. This is about erasing LGBTQ existence. Is this guy, once again, that is such a moronic, blowhard, asshole statement, but he can't make it. And he puts a lot of it in caps. So he's not embarrassed to say it. It's like he's trying to go under the radar and sneak it in there. But he knows his voters are so fucking dumb that they'll believe that stuff. And they do. And he's right. He's not wrong. He's right. So someone wrote, did you or your team even read the article? It's more like the keep sex in sex ed bill. The rule change would ban lessons on sexual orientation and gender identity from grades 4 through 12. Unless required by existing state standards or as part of reproductive health instruction known as sex ed that students can choose to take or not. That's the time when students are becoming aware of their sexuality. Okay. So once again, (laughs) it's simply Newsom lying and gaslighting. Okay. And saying that's freedom. When you stop teaching these kids about 
sexual orientation and gender reassignment and you stop bringing drag queens into the school to do shows for these kids, you're taking away freedoms. However, closing the schools for two years, forcing toddlers in schools to wear masks for three years, that's not anti-freedom. That's not anti-freedom. To have a, a kindergartner or two or a, a seven-year-old child have to go on a computer for a year and a half to try to learn, that is not taking away freedoms. That's the embodiment of freedom. This guy makes me sick. He makes me sick to my stomach. But once again, if it were just a nut job, a greasy slime ball, hair gel king, saying things that everyone mocked him for, I'd be, who cares? He's a joke. He's a clown. He amuses me. But the problem is people believe it. They vote for him. They elect him. Look, we talk about DeSantis winning big in Florida. Newsom won just as big here, over a million votes, easily. So this is, it, what bothers me even more is that I live amongst them. I live, sounds like a horror movie. I live amongst them. I do. I live amongst them. I do. And I got to get out of here. I got to fucking get out of here. Because these people are all around me. They're all around me. If you simply took Newsom's words into the streets here, most people would say, that's my governor. That's why I vote for him. He's for our freedoms. He's for the gays. He's for, our, he's for the trans. He's for the maligned. This is what they believe, man and woman. This is what they believe. And I live amongst them. And that's frightening to me. That's frightening. Newsom doesn't scare me, but the people do. Because they keep electing people like him. They keep electing people like him. Look at this. Someone just put something on my feed. Juvenile violence and mayhem at Civic Center Botch Station tonight. We heard the kid on the tracks was attacked and couldn't see out of his eyes. So there was an attack. There was a random attack. This wasn't, by the way, tech on tech. I know when a tech techie kills another techie, it's not real crime. It should be it should be applauded. These these this is how sick this fucking place is. You have the mayor, London Breed, and the and the DA, right? And uh, and they're uh, they're cheering on that a crime was a tech on a tech, and they knew each other, and it wasn't random. They're cheering it on. They're having they're having champagne parties for it. This is where I fucking live. This is where I live, people. So today, I guess on the bar tracks tonight, there was a kid. I'll retweet this for everyone. By the way, um, if you're not on Twitter, you should be because it's not. The old Twitter. This is the new Twitter. This is the new free Twitter. So you should be on Twitter. And if you want to follow me, it's at Kachopoli Mike, my name, at Kachopoli Mike. But I'll, so I'll retweet this. So yeah, it was a random attack at a bar station tonight. And it looked like it, 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 they ended up on the tracks or the police were chasing someone on a track. And the kid that was attacked couldn't see out of his eyes. It's, yep. Yeah. Look at this. Look. Look, no, the kids actually chased another kid onto a track and beat Who knows? This is insane. This is where I live. This is where I live. And these people keep electing. They keep electing the same people over and over and over again, no matter how bad they are, right? No matter how bad they are. <sighs> what else was on my mind tonight? Well, um, DeSantis was in South Carolina today. So this is quite obvious, right? Everything is obvious now. This is going to happen. 
This is going to happen. It's going to be DeSantis versus Trump and Kennedy versus Biden. That's going to be it. I don't think any other candidates, I don't think Marianne Williamson or any of the Ramaswamy or uh, Nikki Haley are going to matter in the end. I think it's going to come down to DeSantis versus Trump. Yeah. And Kennedy versus Biden. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. All white men. All white men. It's the way it's going to go. The way it happens. These are the these are the best candidates, right? Sorry. These are the best candidates. The best. Well, I don't know about Trump or Biden, but DeSantis and, and JFK are pretty RFK. I'm gonna call him JFK now. Um are, are really good candidates. That's all that matters. We don't care about their race or sex or gender or sexual orientation or anything like that. So DeSantis was speaking in uh, in South Carolina. And um it's 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 really amazing how how obsessed not just Gavin Newsom is with Ron DeSantis, but Donald Trump is with Ron DeSantis. They're both uh, totally obsessed. Think about that. Newsom and Trump have something in common. They're both totally obsessed with Ron DeSantis, a guy who hasn't even officially announced he's running for president yet. Imagine what happens when he announces; their heads might explode. So they are obsessed with this guy. They're obsessed with everything. And if you want to look at. Uh, Newsom's record, by the way, as he goes around the country, talk about how bad Florida is, how bad Florida is. It's only in this crazy clown car world would we have a governor of a state where half a million people fled. Under his leadership, they lost a congressional district and electoral vote for the first time in history. Up until him, they kept on adding. Now they've subtracted. Okay, and they're moving to Florida and he goes to the state they've moved to. And says, oh, look at all the horrible things that this governor's doing here that you've all moved here for. They all left his state for this state. And yet he can actually say that we do things in California better than Florida. And the media buys it because, of course, they're all gaslighting assholes. But only in this clown call world would anyone buy this crap. Anyone would buy this nonsense. The highest poverty rate in the nation, California under Gavin Newsom, the highest gas taxes in the nation. Under Gavin Newsom, California, the highest state income tax in America, California, under Gavin Newsom, the record homelessness in California, under Gavin Newsom. These are the big. These are the big accomplishments he's made. And yet, because we live in such a clown call world, where the Democratic voters are so dumb because they follow a media who's owned by Gavin Newsom and his and his cronies, that's why this can happen. That's why this kind of thing can exist on a daily basis in a real world, in a, in a real country with real journalists, this could not happen because every time Gavin Newsom opened his stupid fucking mouth, a real journalist would say, but California has the highest poverty rate in the nation, not Florida, but governor California has the highest gas taxes in the nation, not Florida, but California California has the highest state income tax in America, not Florida. But, but Governor, California has record homelessness, not Florida. But there are no real journalists. We've talked about that before. They're all political activists in the back pocket of this slimy... Mm, and his auntie. Is, is it Pelosi his aunt? I don't know. Whatever. I like to think of her as one because they're... The, once again, the Democrats are the party of Biden, Pelosi, Newsom. They used to be the party of, of uh, 
JFK, someone in the in the comments, I forget who it was, said, "No, Mike, they were the party of uh, L, uh, not LBJ, they were the party of uh, FDR." But that was not the case in the '60s. FDR was long gone. Yeah, it was the party of FDR in the '40s, '30s, and '40s into the '50s when he, of course, saved the country after the Great Depression. But in the '60s, it became the party of uh, of Kennedy. And it was that way for a very long time. It was that it was that way long after K- Kennedy was assassinated, long after LBJ became president. The part it was never the party of LBJ. It was the party of Kennedy. So yeah, it was the party of FDR at a point in time, but not in the '60s. It wasn't. It was the party of uh, of of Kennedy. You know. And look, I, I don't want to do a history lesson here. You should learn this in you should learn this in high school. Not about sexual orientation, but. LBJ made his mark, uh, except for the Vietnam War. It's too bad because not for the Vietnam War, he did a lot of great things. I mean, the Civil Rights Movement, the Civil Rights Act, all that stuff, which Kennedy, by the way, had started, you know, um, with uh, with Martin Luther King in, in discussions with Martin Luther King. Kennedy started that ball rolling. And LBJ, look, it's the opposite of the thing with uh, Trump and Biden, where Trump started the ball rolling on the COVID crap and Biden just, you know, took it to a whole different level. Uh, it was the same thing with Kennedy, right? And LBJ, that he started the ball rolling. Unfortunately, he was assassinated, or I think he would have done the same things, if not more than what LBJ did. And LBJ picked it up and got everything done, got all that great stuff done. So, of course, he also, unfortunately, on the flip side of that, he expanded the Vietnam War. So there's that. And he'll always be, unfortunately, uh, marred by that. Uh, you know, as Nixon will be marred by the Watergate stuff, when Nixon did a lot of really good things politically, he was very liberal. Nixon nowadays would be considered AOC, I mean, truly. So um, I think going back to LBJ, though, I think he did a lot of good things. And it was his, he did put his mark on the party. But I always think it was the party of Kennedy, if not just because of Camelot and appearances and the way Kennedy looked, look, looking guy lbj wasn't you know so uh kennedy was a, a smooth talker lbj wasn't you know so i think it was always the party of kennedy until until bill clinton came in and that all changed for the worse of course for the worse so well like i said a real media would say look gavin he's a facts man yet you're going to florida and saying everything is opposite of what the facts say what do you say what do you say guy what do you say Newsom knows that only Fox News is going to mention these things. Only someone on Twitter, like my friend Karen Wheeler here on Twitter, is going to put up a meme of this stuff. He knows that 95% of the media, which most of the country looks at, is not going to see this stuff. Not going to see them challenge him. Not going to see any station that his Democratic mind mush voters watch are going to see any journalist bring this stuff up. They're not. All they're going to see a journalist that second what Gavin Newsom says, that Florida is run under a horrible dictator named Ron DeSantis who wants to take away the freedom, not, not only take away the freedoms of lesbians and gays and trans, but eliminate them from the face of the earth. And these morons believe that bile. So you tell me. You know, I started the show an hour and a half ago, and I was optimistic. Then Daniel got me upset. No, I'm only kidding. That's fine. That's fine. But I started as optimistic, talking about RFK Jr. is running for, for president. And now I've talked myself into being upset again. 
How'd I do that? Does anyone know how I did that? Maybe I should see a therapist. How'd I do that? I don't know, but I did. And now I'm upset again. You know, the guy gets under my skin. Andrew, you don't get under my skin. How's it going? I'm well, Mike. Uh, hope you're doing well. <laughs> Good. Good to talk to you. Good to talk to you. Uh, I, you know, I listened to RFK Jr. speech today, and I just found it very powerful. I think he's got some good advisors or whoever's helping him write. They definitely have a good political sense. I mean, it was long, but uh, definitely, I mean, there was a lot of energy in the room and very unique and very not Democrat. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's, it, it seemed like an interesting crowd because you had him talking about the COVID lockdowns and all that stuff and the vaccines and the people were really into it, cheering them on. So if these were Democrats, what kind of Democrats were they? It's interesting, right? Well, he says that they're the, uh, you know, forgotten ones, basically, the ones that went independent and split from the party. And he's running like he wants to get Republicans to enter the Democratic Party to vote for him. I mean, that's what it sounds like. Uh, that's, Richard, you mean that's to get, a stretch. To help he, him win the primary, right? Yeah, basically yeah. come in, help him win the primary, and then elect him, right, as as president. Because he's he's specifically made a point to say he's reaching out to these independent voters, Republicans and Democrats, ex basically Republicans and Democrats who have been disaffected. Because which is interesting. That's not yeah. Something because you if hear. you just look at the standard establishment Democrats, the one you know the Newsom Democrats, the Biden Democrats, the ones who went along with the lockdowns and still would. He's not going to get those votes, probably. But no. so it's it's a smart. Yeah, he's got to do. It's a smart way to go about it to say, look, yeah, if you're like Daniel or you're like Mike and you used to be Democrats and you were Democrats for a very long time, and especially over the last three years, three to five years, you become disenfranchised. Vote for me, right? Or if you're a Republican and you're like, you know what, I was against the lockdowns, I was against, you know, I was against all the vaccine mandates and all that. Come around and vote for me. Help me win the primary. That's like yeah. a pretty clever way to go about it and what no other democrat could make that argument who's going to say it? could you imagine if kamala harris <laughs> it's just... no no he, he will definitely separate himself in a democratic field yeah, with, his, to say, with, the, with, I... with his track record you know which is why in that speech he said i might not have been in politics but you can go back and look at my twitter feed from the beginning and you know what i've been saying and you know how I've been part of that children's defense fund. So he's got that on his side. And I think you're right. I think he's going to try to get, like I said, do I vote in the Republican primary? Do I vote? I'm an independent now. Do I vote in the Republican primary? Do I vote in the Democratic primary? And I think he's going to try to make the case that I should vote for him in the Democratic primary. Yeah, he's going to have to do more than give a speech here, right? I mean, it, I'm very excited for this campaign personally, but... And I want to see what he does with it in terms of I want to see him campaign in different spots and see if he has that same kind of energy in the crowd. And I want to see how he does with the mainstream media. You know what I mean? There's there's some uh, battle testing to be done here. But I am confident sure. that he's the kind of guy well, that we, he's not like a weak kind of a pushover guy. No, I don't think he's going to go along with. And he's got that Kennedy blood and that yeah. might, you know, the political instincts of a Kennedy have always been pretty good. So, you know, we'll see how that goes. Um, let me throw this out there. I know this is like there's a less than one percent chance of this happening. But what if let's just say there's a possibility that both Biden and Trump drop out 
Well, you, and, there's ways that could happen without their voluntarily. Biden could croak and Trump could be in prison, right? Let's yeah, well, just say that's totally theoretically right. possible. Right. Well, one, right. Whether it's on their own accord or something else. Let's right. say Biden and Trump both don't make it to the finish line here. It's pretty much DeSantis and RFK, right? Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> Who else can win? I don't think there's anybody else that could win. Well, let's put it we'll this s- way. Let's put it this way. If it's if Biden, like I believed, if Biden didn't run, Newsom would get in and Newsom would have a much better shot of winning than RFK for the reasons I've talked about on here. But if Biden does run and it's just Biden and RFK and something happens late in this process where Biden can't run anymore, yeah. it would probably be in RFK's lap. Well, I don't think... <laughs> I, uh, knowing the Democratic Party, they just would do whatever it takes to not let that happen. They could literally rig the vote. I mean, I, I don't really trust the primary, but I, I look at it as a vessel for speaking truth to some things. And I mean, this guy has a different relationship with the powerful than most people considering his family members. I mean, he personally has said that he believes Thane Caesar killed his father, uh, not Sirhan Sirhan. <laughs> I mean, there's things where... You know, this isn't your typical politician who's rising through the ranks. I'm looking forward to that, but I do wonder what what they're going to do to him. In well, on the other not, hand, not violently, just to keep him. You know, they right. might just keep him off the debate stage. They might uh, disappear him. Well, just so based on what you just said, the media will have their marching orders, which is oh, yeah. this guy is a tinfoil hat conspiracy theorist and shouldn't be taken seriously. He's not like his father. He's not like his uncle. Right uncles he's a whack job conspiracy theorist he's he thinks the you know he thinks that uh, mis- you know that the everything is a conspiracy his his uncle's killing his father's killing the vaccines everything's a conspiracy this is what the dnc run media will be put out there that they could will- have a high chance of backfiring in this environment you know with the, the how much people in general hate censorship and how all these conspiracies keep coming true I definitely agree with you. That's the tack they're going to go on, but I think the stars could align to where he well, could the, really. The JFK one is. Does, is there anyone out there now who doesn't believe it was a conspiracy? <laughs> right. I mean, it's not a question if it was a conspiracy. We know that the official story. Uh, there's there's co- co- tons of contradictions, lies, omitted evidence, illegal action. The only question is the ultimate responsibility. But uh, to to say it's a conspiracy at this point is, I mean, you'd have to be. I don't know who. Who? That's a good question. Who would think that? Really, that even knows about it? Well, and I believe what he says about his father too, because why would any like one single individual want to kill his father? It doesn't make any sense. There's always a crazy guy involved. Yeah, there's always a crazy guy, but it doesn't make any sense that it would just be another candidate in the '60s. You know, it's like it's just what is the? It's like a guy who's the Kennedy curse, right? Yeah. I mean, he was a, he was a candidate who had a shot of winning, you know, maybe in a in a in a, in a big field of, of of candidates. But it's not like he was the the president, like like RF, like JFK was. So there's probably a lot to go on there. That it was a lot deeper than just one crazy guy. Um, oh, the evidence is really clear. There's a lot well, and on and on vaccines. There. I was a little shaky about his take on vaccines before COVID. Now after COVID, I'd like to go back and look again. At, mm. at vaccines and big pharma and the pushing of vaccines, especially on children. And that's what his major focus has been, by the way, children. So yeah. 
I would like to look at that now again. I'd like to take a second look. And I think many Americans would take a second look at that now. You know, Mike, if, I had the same reaction initially as you before COVID to RFK Jr.'s position on vac- vaccination, and I never looked into it. And that's the thing is that, you know, I think he's <laughs> most people are not really looking into what actually he's saying because I know yeah. I, I didn't. So it'll yeah. be interesting to see if people are willing to hear him out now. Can, I think you might have a point there. Uh, I think he I think people would be willing to give a second chance after. And I think he sees that now. Once again, yeah, I think him and DeSantis bring a lot of things to the table, but their biggest strength is what they've done over the last three years. Well, everyone else went the other way yeah. and they are being proven right day by day, more right every day. Right. Oh, it's interesting. It's interesting yeah. stuff. Uh, if I could make one other comment on a separate topic, because you were mentioning Twitter. Um, are you familiar with the Mises caucus of the libertarian party? The who? Uh, um, it's the, um, Mises caucus. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Uh, basically it's the caucus that controls the, the libertarian party now. And on Twitter, they posted a link to the leaked documents. Oh, these Pentagon documents, right? Okay. And they had it taken down and they got their little slap on the wrist and they had to delete it. And they kept uh, making a stink about it, raising it, you know, raising hell on Twitter. And they got a response from an official Twitter person who said that it violated their policies on posting hacked stolen materials, hacked or stolen materials, Hmm. which is very interesting to me because they're not going to allow some organization to post a link to the documents, right? Because it violates hacked documents policy. But the Washington Post, the New York Times, all these news organizations can post their stories that are cherry-picked from who the fuck knows what because we don't know if these are real documents they've got now, but they say they are. And they get to post whatever they want. On yeah, this, this free speech. Oh, I'm Elon Musk running around setting everyone free. Very funny. Very funny. It's not free. And that's the problem. It's if it, it, they want people to have access to cherry picked stories from the New York Times and not be able to go look at the documents to verify it. Right. How is that transparent? It's not. And of course not. They got a reply. From, yeah. <laughs> it's it's not like they don't know about it. Right. This is the game. This yes. is what it's like. We got a little bit of breathing room, you know. The elephant's taking a half inch off our uh, back, off our chest with its foot. But really, you know, you look a little deeper, and you know, this is not a huge account. But I feel like more people should know about this. I agree. That's you're right, hundred percent. And I think Gator wrote something that the Mises Congress, M I S E S, yes. The, the the Mises cause. They are uh, very yeah. uh, internet oriented, kind of trolly, very uh, you know whatever. But they took over the Libertarian Party, and they're pretty good on a lot of issues. Yeah, I, I I I love what Musk said about the Times on on Tucker Carlson that their Twitter feed is a disaster anyway. <laughs> you know <laughs> that they tweet a million fucking stories a day instead of just like maybe picking the top ten. They just constantly tweet every everything, every little thing, and uh, it's a disaster. You know. But I think Elon Musk should put that designation of state-funded media to all of them. Well, well yeah, I th- you know what I think is that they shouldn't be allowed to post their articles on 
about this leaked documents if you can't post to link documents. That's right. like saying you can't talk about the Hunter Biden laptop story or, or you could write stories about it, but you can't, you know, just post the links to the laptop. Like, how, how does this make sense? It just doesn't. So, mm -hmm. right. and again, the thing is they know about it. So that's the problem. Now, I don't know if Musk knows about it. I mean, that's a little bit up the chain, but the, I can tell you the company knows about it. And yes. where does it go from here? That's the question. Anyway, I've taken up a lot of your time. No, it's okay. Andrew, thanks for the call. I appreciate you, it. Mike. As always. always fun. Yes. Okay. Uh, Gator. Gator. What's on your mind tonight, Gator? Hey, Mike. Um, well, th three things, mainly, um, sorry, mainly because of what Andrew's saying, but also I'll try and be quick, right? Sure, good. I said to you a long time ago that when it comes to Twitter, Musk is doing something that is not um, fully recognized, which is basically he's executing a business strategy, and that is mm -hmm. true. And uh -huh. he's admitted it, right? Uh -huh. He's admitting it in terms that are obvious when you listen for them, right? And Andrew's just pointed out something about how can Twitter still maintain a censorship policy, right, which basically doesn't make sense. Okay, Trump, um, uh, Musk has said he wants Twitter to be the least inaccurate place on the internet. As long as it's the least inaccurate, it'll have more users. Okay, that's not now. Now be careful what that what you think that means because. I can be the least at least inaccurate guy by just telling one less lie than everybody else, right? And you shouldn't. People shouldn't project onto Trump. Uh, sorry, Musk, that he is some kind of absolute white knight until you've seen the proof. And so, for 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 for, um, for Twitter to have kind of um, what's the word? Yeah, inconsistencies in its policies, like now it shouldn't come as a surprise, but also you have to cut some slack to him because you don't exactly know how good the company is at implementing change and at what speed, and it will be highly imperfect until they sort of sort everything out. So I would say that about, about Twitter. And there's, there's one other thing that springs to mind as well. If you think about how he's doing business, right? Slashing a load of jobs for a messaging system or a data or a glorified database doesn't make it makes perfect sense to me. It's obvious Twitter doesn't need 10,000 people running it. And um, when you see the quality of people like Roth, who, who, who seem to be believing that they're important, of course, you'd sack him. I mean, you just I'd, I'd have sacked him in the moment I sat down and said, what do you do again? And then listen to some poor shit that came out of his mouth. They just go get out. Um, well, you know, that's a different political culture. But what Musk has done with some stuff is it's smart, but it's also kind of an indication of how he thinks, right? People go, well done, he's outsourced the, um, he's open sourced the, um, the algorithm, right? Well, what he did was he open sourced the main algorithm, not all of it. Mm -hmm. He got loads of people to look at it for free. And then basically bug fix and error check it for nothing, right? Right. Well, that's smart if you like getting stuff for free and using what clout you have to get it for free, right? But at the same time, give it some time. And what you will find with Twitter is that the algorithm doesn't remain open sourced. It will become something else where you think, oh, well, we can see more of the algo on Twitter than the other ones. But you can't see everything. 
right? And that's already in the, that's already in place. The, the algorithm already blocks a load of stuff that you can't, you don't know what it's doing. So people people will have the wrong idea of that. Okay, well, look, that's all I've got to say on Twitter. But um, what what I would say about RFK is, and I've said this to you a bit before, but I will repeat it. Right? I I honest, I'll say this brutally, honestly. Right? I think that you, as a person who's bothered to make a show and speak about these things all the time, irrespective of the size of your audience is doing something which I don't respect, right? And I'm warning you about it out of respect. I believe that you are basically a fervent DeSantis supporter, right? But you would and you would like to tolerate RFK as a as a fair decent challenger, right? Uh-huh. But you but you would want DeSantis in there, right? I think that's the biggest mistake you'll ever make because Wait, I did, wait a moment. I never said that. I said I, that's the impression I get when I listen to you. Okay, but no, I just I, maybe you weren't listening to being in the show. But I said, if it comes down to DeSantis and RFK right yeah. now, I don't know who I'd vote for. Right. Okay. So, so what I would definitely say then is, if you are marginal, or if you're actually, or or if you're really for people who are pro DeSantis, but they would tolerate RFK. Right. The one yeah. mistake you will make is simply not taking the time to go and watch RFK's core material, his, his, his literal stuff. If you depend upon the media to pass his message and tell you what he said, you're fucked, right? Because the entire weapon against, against RFK is cancel culture. The thing is, you can't, you can't make the mistake with RFK that they made with Trump, which was to essentially mock him and then give him loads of cover. Why? Because, of course, you can mock Trump and, of course, you can give him loads of cover because he does talk a lot of shit, right? And, and, and people can detect that and, and, and you can effectively mock Trump, right? You can't mock, mock um, RFK because he's too clever, he's done too much stuff, he's too eloquent, he knows too much st- stuff and he's sued a lot of people. So he knows how the legal system works and he knows where all the bodies are buried and he can call out, he's openly calling out fascism. Now, the only real thing that they will use against him is cancel. And the only way around that is for citizens to overtly go to see his and judge for themselves exactly what he says and then spread that if they agree with it themselves and literally organically at the base overrule the and undermine the cancel culture that will be applied to RFK. It's already happening, right? Right. And the, there's another technique that's already in play with him. It's obvious. It's very straightforward. You sideline people by creating um, sock puppets who look mm. and sound like them. Marianne Williams is exact. Marianne Williamson is exactly this. So. What Marianne Williamson is, is she is a shop puppet of the DNC. Her website runs on Act Blue, which is a database. Um, yeah, run- no, we've talked about her. Forget DNC, about Marianne yeah. Williamson. She's not yeah. going anywhere. I mean, well, yeah, but what she's done is she has stolen um, um, RFK's fascism angle. So she has now basically started to talk about fascism without quite saying the word, right? RFK has already said, look, we live in a fascist society. This is not appropriate. We have to deal with it, right? 
So she's now being positioned to, to steal that language slowly, bit by bit, right? Mm. And draw people away from RFK as he ramps that up. And, um, and then there will be another sock puppet and some, there'll be other people inside both sides who basically pick up on angles that he uses and takes them as their own. That's the way that he will be, he will have audience time and attention robbed from him. And that will be because, because you cannot, give him exposure if you give him exposure like trump you basically fuck yourself up because everybody realizes oh shit you know what rfk actually talks loads of sense and shit he's just told me what he did i never did i never knew that so they will simply try to cancel him that's what they're going to do with him well i spoke about the media no one should listen to what the media has to say about rfk jr i mean absolutely not that's not the choice. It has nothing to do with the media or what the media says about either of these guys. Because the media, the media probably wants, well, not probably, they do. The media wants Trump and, uh, and Biden. They want the rematch. They think that is the best ratings. So that's what they're going to want. So they're doing the same thing to Ron DeSantis, right? So it's, it's going to happen to RFK Jr. as well. So of course we should not listen to what the media says about RFK Jr. Mike, Mike, question of who I'd vote for. And there's plenty of time. First of all, once again, I need to see, I know where DeSantis stands on more issues than RFK, which makes sense because DeSantis has been a politician and RFK hasn't. So I know that. I know the legislative things that DeSantis is doing that I like. Of course, RFK Jr., that's neither here nor there. He's not in office. He's not going to do anything legislatively. But I do need to know where he stands on things. And it'll all come out in the wash. You know, it'll all come out in the wash. I mean, I do know that DeSantis has great leadership skills. He's able to get a lot of people to vote for him of all different, you know, genders, races, political orientations, everything. So I, I don't know if RFK has that ability. Um, I, I do know that DeSantis is a very strong leader as far as, once again, not following polls or the way the political winds are blowing. I believe that's the same about RFK because he was uh, taking the minority's view like many of us did, including Ron DeSantis back in 2020 when it comes to COVID and stuff. He wasn't bullied all right, by the majority. So, like I said, I, I just I need to know where, you know, RFK stands because I've become I have I've become more conservative over the last three years, you know? So I don't believe that, uh, I, I don't have this, my body, my choice when it comes to women anymore with, with children, with giving birth. I don't believe that a, a woman should be able to abort a child, you know, in, in month seven or eight, or as the child's coming out. I don't believe in that. Does, 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 does RFK Jr. believe in that? I don't know. I know DeSantis doesn't. So there are a lot of issues. There's the immigration. I think we need a very strong border. We need to stop letting people in. I know DeSantis agrees with that. Does RFK agree with that? I don't know. So I've become more conservative, which maybe means on, on, on several key issues, I may not agree with RFK Jr. anymore. That's all. But we'll see. We'll see. Okay. Um, Andrew pointed out something about um, him not really understanding exactly what it was <clears throat> that RFK said about vaccines, right? It can be summarized very simply as essentially they need to be effective and safe, right? And you can mm -hmm. assess that properly and we don't because the whole system is absolutely corrupt, right? Right. There's a very quick, easy measure. What year were you born, Mike, roughly? 
71. Okay. Exactly. So you probably, so you probably had tetanus, diphtheria, maybe, maybe measles. All of them. Okay, so you had an MMR vaccine, depth, depth, diphtheria, tetanus, a BCG, basically, is sometimes what it's called, yeah? Yeah. But you only had about probably five vaccinations as a kid, yeah? Yeah, that's right, right. Okay. You're still alive, aren't you? Yes. So why the fuck does anybody born today need 65 different shots before they're 16 years old? Oh, no. That's been made very clear that the kids today are getting more and more shots than than they used to. I'll, I'll give you the reason. Big Pharma needs to make more money. Exactly, right? That's, yeah. that's, that's how simple this is, right? It's not even – you don't even need to scour data sets to work out that if all of your population over a certain age – didn't have any of this stuff and they don't have any health problems and they don't even have significant issues suffering with any of the stuff that you're trying to vaccinate people with today or vaccinate people for today, then you don't need those vaccinations. Right. Simple. It's just that simple. Right. Now look on the vaccination thing. It's obvious that RFK is positioned uh, in a better place than Ron DeSantis simply because that's been his thing. His that, that, that's been his thing way before COVID. He's been against all these vaccinations, this increased vaccination schedule for children. So, you know, RFK Jr. was, was just positioned perfectly, right, come COVID, to be against the COVID vaccine, especially in children. He was perfectly positioned. It's right in his, right in his wheelhouse. That wasn't really in Ron DeSantis's wheelhouse, although he has come around, right? He's come around. But like you, you've made the point on this show, that DeSantis hasn't been strong enough against the vaccine, right? So I agree with you on that. A lot stronger than Donald Trump, though. At least DeSantis doesn't go around in speeches now touting how great Operation Warp Speed was, okay? Which Trump continues to do, which shows an incredible flaw. So, uh, yes, in that issue, RFK Jr. gets the edge. No, no doubt about it. No doubt. You know, uh, but there could be other issues where I think Ron DeSantis would have the edge, you know, but let's put it this way. I could say for the first time in my voting life that if it's RFK versus DeSantis, I will not be upset either way. I won't be upset. You know, it, it probably wouldn't be as exciting to me because I've been in such a place over the last several years of absolutely despising both candidates, if not one, especially that it will put me in a very weird position it would be like it wouldn't be so uh, exhausting to me because I'd be like, OK, maybe in the end I prefer RFK or maybe in the end I prefer DeSantis. But doesn't matter. Whoever wins, we're going to be in a much better place than if Joe Biden, Gavin Newsom or Donald Trump became president. Right. Can you agree with that? Yeah, of course. But um, so another thing, right, another thing that I've noticed about of some people um, on here, particularly, is the call-in paycheck effect, right? The what? Michael, What'd you say? The call-in paycheck effect. The call-in paycheck effect. Yeah, so what you know how call-in pays some of its, quite a few of its shows? Uh-huh. Well, basically, when you listen to those people and they run their shows, essentially, mm -hmm. they're turning up for, for the hour-ish. Can I ask you a listen, question, Gator? Yeah. How do you know they get paid? 
uh, I've been told by a number of people now. Some of them, some of them have told me directly, and some of them have told us indirectly because they were, they were part of. One guy came on and he was said, "Yeah, Colin paid some of my mates on here, but well, they wouldn't pay us." And then Pangburn, they told to me that they get paid. I don't listen to these shows. Do they have advertisements? Uh, no. So, um, so I think Aaron Marte, Katie Halper, Michael Tracy are all in this camp. David Sirota, you know, those those kind of people, I think, are being uh, are picking up paychecks. Pangburn definitely is. And there's a few others. That, where, where, um, how, does, mentioned. how does David Sachs make his money? Why is he paying people? Because it, because he because he's, because I don't think calling is in the in, in the revenue generation phase. It's in something else, and it's probably not what you think it is. Think about it, right? If this if this is we're now in the era of um, let me just say speed. one thing. You, yeah. you can talk. People usually don't become millionaires like David Sachs by paying people when they're not making even more money in the long run or the short term. Even I mean just. He doesn't do any. There's no advertising in any of the shows. He doesn't. He doesn't promote call-in. He doesn't spend money on Correct. on PR or advertising. Yeah. I do more. I do more work for him yeah. than he does. Correct. In, in 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 promoting it, but it's it's not. <laughs> in the two years or so it's been around, if a multimillionaire put money, let's let's just say if Elon <laughs> Musk or or what's his name, Mark Cuban, were running it and putting money into it, it would probably be very very popular around the country but why isn't why would you pay people and then don't put any money in into promoting this network you're trying to build doesn't make any sense i'm just saying that's because sense. that's because you're not thinking about what it really is but, but you okay so then it's a hobby and he's no. just, because I, there is d- d- I'm a little, let's put it this way i'm suspect i i don't i don't deny what you're saying because i wonder why would jimmy Dore and michael tracy you know why would jimmy, jimmy Dore doesn't on here anymore is he what jimmy Dore what? doesn't use this anymore oh i didn't know that i didn't i didn't realize that well that's also does make sense if he was paying him why would he stop doing it <clears throat> right so it's pretty straightforward so he's he's not paying loads as far as i can tell from what i was told about the amount of money they're paying pangburn but there's a few different phases of a business, and one of them is the initial investment phase to prove something, right? And that's and a lot of I mean, Amazon was running at a huge loss for a long time, whilst it was trying to prove its model and gain market share, right? Now, calling isn't really about market share yet, but you but you but you're right to ask the question: Well, why does this seem to be under the radar? Well, what does it do? What it does, as far as I can tell, is it pits people verbally against each other in a dynamic conversation, right? And it can also transcribe that in real time. Well, what if you're, this is speech plus one, right? So that what you're doing is you're not just working out and training machines how to listen to speech. You're training machines to understand how humans talk to each other directly, often in conflict. That's extremely important, right? Because imagine if you now apply that that concept and you so that you aren't just listening and transcribing phone calls across everywhere in the world you're understanding what they mean yeah. at the machine level that's that's what calling would well, give I, I can tell you something machine learning I, on speech like that i don't mind saying this if david sachs wants to make this something he he needs to 
talk to me. I, I don't. I don't even talk about paying me. I mean, he needs to. He needs to work harder because I've I've worked at the most successful, you know, talk radio stations in the world, and I I it's not going to happen. You have to. You have to promote what you have. You know, you have to get out there. <laughs> and yeah, and but, if you're a friend of Elon mm-hmm. Musk's, you could cert. I mean, come on, this this guy could have made this one of the biggest apps in about three or four months if he wanted no. to. You know, so I, I don't know. I Elon Musk. Let's put it this way: if you want, if I had a network, if I owned this, and my friend was Elon Musk, we both live in San Francisco now, and we, but we're good friends. What I would do is I say, hey, Elon, do me a favor, buddy. Go on every show for 10 minutes, right? And we'll promote it, that Elon Musk is going on all of these shows on my network. And just like when he does an interview with Tucker Carlson, you promote it. You say, okay, he's going on Jimmy Dore for 10 minutes at 5. Next week, he'll be on Aaron 6. Then he'll be on, you know, uh, Sabby, whatever her name is. Then he'll be on Kachopoli. And you do it that way. And you have Elon, your friend, go on all of your Mm. shows. Wouldn't that make sense? Yeah, but but also, there is a possibility that he's tried to set something up on the platform and he's basically um, realised that, that, for example, somebody mentioned Twitter Spaces is kind of doing this. And if Facebook just adds something to theirs and YouTube adds something to theirs, then he doesn't really have much competitive advantage, right? Because, because, Because basically, calling doesn't have a big user base. Yeah. All of the others do have a big user base, and so when it just if it, if you're only differentiating on functionality, that is that is hard to protect. Your user base is the biggest the biggest asset, right? So it could be something more simple than that. But my point, um, I can't remember why I was saying this now. But um, you said the call in something. You called it something. You oh yeah. Something. So anyway, look. So when it comes to RFK, this is what my point, right? Michael Tracy is a political. Uh, commentator, right? Uh, are you familiar with him? Yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. Um, so Andrew and I often speak on his show, and I've been sort of trying to test, Mike, test Michael's boundaries about what he thinks on certain things. And he's actually he's completely embarrassed himself as far as I'm concerned now. And this is he's pretty much cemented the whole calling paycheck attitude in my mind. So the first thing he said when somebody raised RFK... He went, oh, what about his voice? I mean, the thing is about his voice, you know, you've got to be able to, I've got to be able to understand him. Well, I mentioned his voice too. Not because okay. I, I, not because I think it should be a problem, but that I know in this superficial world, it can be a problem, right? Okay. So the first thing that came out of his mouth was an ableist comment. That's what he said, right? And he's meant to be an intellectual a political commentator, yet he made an ableist comment, right? And the tr- truth about RFK is his voice is totally uh, understandable to the point where YouTube has no problem picking up auto captions off him, right? So either Michael Tracy's hearing is worse than a machine or <laughs> he's talking shit, right? And the thing is as well, what disgraced him was that he, w- he never went anywhere near RFK's content. He did exactly what the mainstream press did, which is basically have a go at his voice and then basically call him an anti-vaxxer. Yeah, it's because essentially what they did, right? Most of the people, if not everyone, who yeah. are going to be doing the criticism, the criticism of RFK's voice are Democrats. Republicans won't go there. So it's going to yeah. be Democrats. So, and Wait so this, isn't, this is another version of cancel culture, right? Where right, you simply these are the same dominate. People. 
These are the same people would have nothing with a, a dribbling half brain Fetterman winning or an Alzheimer's ridden 80 year old being president of the United States and leader of the free world. Those aren't detriments, but this is. It's 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 incredible hypocrisy. It really is. Yeah, I mean, because because what's happening is that all of the all of the political commentariat, right, are captured more than they want to admit. Even the bit, even the people they think that are on the outside and on or on, or on the the special independent team aren't, right? Because they're either ignorant or they're biased or they're literally captured ideologically because yeah. they won't think outside the box and they'll talk about RK's voice and call him an anti-vaxxer just like everyone else because they don't admit their own um, ignorance. And one thing that will work against RFK is this. If anyone has, has, ha has had one or two vaccine shots, right, then basically they will not want to pay attention to RFK because everything RFK basically says is you fucked up and you fucked yourself up, right? And nobody wants to hear that. I say it on calling a lot as a direct challenge to people and say, you do realize what you've done to yourself, right? Do you want to take responsibility for that? And therefore, do you want to make different decisions about your political future? And people don't like that. They go, well, it wasn't my fault. I was lied to. It's like, no, you did the, you failed to do your own analysis as much as you were lied to, right? And you did something to yourself. Nobody really forced you. And so, and when you put it like that to people, they want to hang up because they don't want to be blamed for their own fuck up. That's what RFK represents politically to a lot of these people. If you know, if you're, if you're a double or more dosed um, journalist and you go, I like everything RFK is saying, but he's telling me basically that I was wrong on the wrong vax bandwagon. I've hurt myself or other people have hurt themselves and we're all a bit dumb because we should have read those documents that he put up. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna talk about him. I'm not right. gonna, I'm not gonna give him any airtime. Right. That's what's going to happen to him. So you need to un undo that or, or, or counter it by simply trying to give him exposure as much as possible. Oh, I agree. I'll be, hey, look, I'm going to be talking about him a lot, you know, and I'm going to be talking about him and DeSantis a lot. There's no doubt about it. And, you know, it, it's a long way to go. It really is. But I see already on Twitter, he's getting a lot of fans. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Is supporting him, and a lot of people are really taking to his statement of "I'll fight for you, and I'll let you." You know, you'll always be free to you know, yeah. descend from what I believe. I'm not going to agree with you on everything, but you'll always be free to dissent, and I'll always protect your rights to dissent and have a voice. And that's really resonating with a lot so, of people these days. And yeah. so, I think that the that the the thing that could help him a lot is. Musk's allegiance to him in play because obviously Musk is technically a democratic voter in the past, right? Yes. To then basically give him free reign across Twitter and, and basically in that, within that platform, I reckon RFK could probably pick bounce 20 or 30% of up his numbers by 20 or 30, 40% just off, you know, Twitter militants basically. And then from there, you know, that, that could prove how powerful um, Twitter is as a platform which feeds um, Elon Musk's um, objectives to make it a politically, informationally powerful platform. Because if he can demonstrate that we had the power to get our RFK this far into the primaries or possibly even into the seat, then we that would be a business metric. A man like him would say, "Yeah, that shows we've re-engineered Twitter to the to the to the positive or our positive." Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, 
Gator, let me let you go. Thanks. Take easy, I mate. The call. Andrew, you were um, saying something in the chat, which if you want to come on and talk about it for a minute, you can. You had said something in the chat about you were a uh, contractor, a contract or something. <laughs> what are you saying? What did you say? You took a contract out on somebody. What were you saying? I don't know. But, oh, there you are. Okay. Hey, Andrew, so what do you, you're a contractor? No, no, I'll make mean? it quick. I was saying that the contracts Gator was referring to with call-in were about a year. They, they were, I think uh, I heard at least Aaron or someone, Aaron Mate, say that the call-in contract was like for the first year. And then I'm not sure if they uh, re, re-signed or what the deal is, but I also heard about those. So I was just backing that up. I Once again, I guess it's possible. Uh, and, and yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Once again, I don't know what a millionaire would get out of paying people for a year, but in that year, not having promoted any of his, <laughs> any of the shows, I don't understand. Well, I asked, I actually got a chance to talk to David Sachs actually, oh, because, uh, when was this? Jason, oh, it was just months ago. Um, you know, Jason, uh, Cal- I can't remember his name <laughs> from, uh, the all in, podcast oh his podcast all in that's right yeah yeah he had a call-in session with david Sachs, and i got to ask him a question and i asked him about who uh, basically how he tried to avoid if if he tried to do anything to avoid uh calling becoming a uh labeled as like a right-wing echo chamber as most alternative media platforms that pop up do get uh eventually labeled and he's just going on about how he and the group wanted to find like the Substack crowd is how he mm-hmm. put it mm-hmm. and kind of bring them in. So, I mean, if you remember the two of the main people on here early on were Matt Taibbi and Glenn Greenwald. Sure. Yep. So, and you know, Matt's <laughs> a little busy. So Glenn's doing his own thing, but uh, you know, I think that was the idea and I don't know if they got a contract or whatever, but uh, definitely wouldn't surprise me if he targeted a group of people and paid them so that he could, Form a brand, basically. Yeah. For a drop it? A, I don't know. For a year you... or so, and then I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if he's dropped it or not, but maybe he just thought that those names would um, automatically bring people, and they didn't. I don't know. Well, I think yeah, it it's a weird thing why it didn't take off because you know Clubhouse got so big and it was such a clusterfuck. Yeah, in my opinion. Unless but... he's just thinking it was going to be like. Uh, what do you call it? Like a uh, organic thing, and through Twitter. Like I remember, I mean, that's how I discovered Colin is when Glenn Greenwald about a year ago, a little over a year ago, put out a tweet saying, "Hey, I'm doing this show on Colin." I'm like, "What the hell is Colin?" So maybe that's what David thought would happen. That you know, these yeah. people would tweet this stuff, and, and I'm they pretty have sure millions of followers, your, right? You can you can link your Twitter profile to the app, right? So the whole thing, I think, right, right was meant to transition that, right? And it just maybe didn't. And maybe he felt he could do it on the cheap and not have to like pay for advertising, you know. Yeah, I'm not sure. Which doesn't make any sense. It, it does, once again, the whole thing doesn't make any sense. If you're paying people and you're a millionaire, why would you not spend any money on advertising? I don't get That it. is a good question. I mean, yeah. uh, but, I, and it's something I wondered is what exactly well, is the business model? Exactly? And I, spoken, I spoke to Daniel about this privately and I wanted to get this message. Maybe people can to David Sachs is that. It, what he really needs to do is open it up so people – like you see the, the plus two here. Obviously, those are people listening on the outside who don't have a profile. They yeah. can listen, but they can't call in. 
And what he needs to do is make it easier for people on the outside. In other words, you don't have to create a profile because a lot of people are loath to create profiles. Plus, it's just, look, I come from a talk radio background. So every guest I want to have on this show, I have to very awkwardly say, oh, can you go on the app and uh, create a profile? <laughs> in other words, if I wanted Donald Trump on the show tomorrow, I'd have to ask him or one of his, you know, associates to create a profile so he could talk to me people need to be able to call in just like a talk radio show and not have to you know create any kind of a profile and i think you get more people you know involved that way and it would be easier for people who do shows to have on high profile guests because right now i'm just uh, it's very awkward to have to ask yeah. Ron DeSantis to go on and create a profile. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. 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 So would, Ron DeSantis uh, can't just call in like he would a talk radio show, right? He has to come on, create a profile, Governor Ronnie, you know, <laughs> put a put a photo. It's stupid. So, I mean, I'm sure the technology is there where people can call in from the outside and they can, they can create a profile if they want, or they can create a temporary name just for the call. You know, that would be yeah. my suggestion as far as, opening it up more because I have found a lot of people when I tell them to join, they go, Oh, I don't want to download another app and put in right. my email and my phone number. Uh, you know, a lot well, of especially people if don't want apps. Say again, if say again. If they're a content creator or something, they're focusing on some platform. They don't want to invest a lot of time on another one. Necessarily. Right. Right. Exactly. And a lot of people just don't want to download another app. Yeah, you know, a lot of people, so yeah, yeah. Let let them go on the web on the web and just put in call in dot com and click on my show and call in if they want. You know, do you think so, they'd need more uh, some kind of screening capabilities with the opening it up more? Some kind of like uh, but, I assume with radio you have some kind of screener producer. Well, yeah, that's, that, that, that's what I did in my first my first job in radio was a call screener. Yeah, um, that's yeah, but I don't I don't know if you have to do that here because. I mean, the people with profiles, it only takes a couple. They could be anybody, right? So yeah. they're, they're not screened. You guys aren't screened. You just come on. I don't know what you want to say. You know, so I, I don't think you'd have to because it's not, it's not, to, to rush, it's not, it's not, um, what do you call it? To rush, uh, what do they call that? Media. FCC regulated right. media. Terrestrial. Yeah, terrestrial okay. media. It's a weird name, isn't it? Terrestrial media. Yeah. Terrestrial radio. So. Yeah. People can curse like I do. People can curse. They can say whatever they want. It's like you have to have a second, seven-second delay. So, right. nah, yeah, you don't have to. Have I guess screening. I guess you're right. I mean, there's not necessarily a need for it, and you can. Yeah, I could, you I, want. The host could easily hang up on someone. You know, so <laughs> yeah. it doesn't matter. You don't need no, any kind of screening. You just it need. Does the, make me, why? Why aren't they opening it up more? Then it, it does make me wonder. What, is it something about they want the profiles involved? I yeah, well, think it's a data thing. They want to track some kind of data. No, no, I don't think it's nefarious. I just think. Well, I don't think it's nefarious. It's a business thing. If yeah, I think it's an them. app. He wants people to download his app. That's yeah. his, this is his app. He created right. an app, and he <laughs> wants you to download it. You know. Oh, so, boy. but if you really want to open it up to make it easier for people to call in. And I think a lot of people want to be able to call, not have a profile. So there are people out there who say, oh, if I can't call in, I'm not going to bother listening because I want to be able to participate, you know. So I hmm. think it. I think he'd get more uh, listeners if he opened it up to everyone can call in with or without a profile. I'd love and to like I said, it would just be this. it would just be a lot easier for me to have guests on that way where someone can just, you know, call in. 
just like if I had a podcast on Spotify, you know, or Apple, people can just call. You don't have to join anything, you know. So that is really, it would make it a lot easier, you know. I could just send the link out. They can click on it and come in and not have to create a, a profile. So I yeah, think I'd, that, I'd like to hear what he has to say about that. Yeah, well, so, to, someone but... if someone can get to him, you know, I don't know. I've, you know, I send my, Good luck. I send, I send every show I do to him. It's his network. It's his thing. So I want him to know what's going on. So I send everything to him, you know, so I do the right thing. But, you know, these millionaires and billionaires, it's not easy to get, you know, in touch with them. So, yeah, even though he, well, probably, he probably lives down the block from me. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. Well. Down the block is a lot larger distance with the amount of violence you have to get through. Yeah, you got to you got to go through five homeless people, a couple of tents, a guy with a knife. You know, it takes a while to get there. But hey, Andrew, thanks. Right. I appreciate it. All right. Okay. All right. Well, I didn't mean to do all this housekeeping on this show for the last twenty minutes, but I, I think it is interesting. And if people do call in other shows where he's on, like that All In thing, I think you should say that this guy Gachapoli, who doesn't let's be heard who's worked in talk radio has brought this great idea to just open it up to people who maybe don't want to download the app. And it's just uncomfortable to have to ask, you know, the governor or the president or one of their uh, lackeys to create a profile for that person to be able to come on the show. That, that, that's just not, it, trust me. It's not, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a comfortable thing. And I've done it. Right? I've done it with uh Jackie Berlin of Mothers Against Drug Addiction and Deaths, and she created her profile. And uh, John Dennis, the head of the San Francisco GOP party, he he created the profile. So I've done it, but I, I, I would have more guests on if they didn't have to, you know, go through the, the rigmarole of downloading an app. Hey, Governor DeSantis, get your iPhone out, download this app, and it's ridiculous. So get, get the message to him. Get the message to him that I know what I'm talking about. All right. I've talked enough today. Long show, long show. Um, I want to remind everybody that the name of this show on callin.com is And Let's Be Heard. And it airs weeknights, 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern, which means I'll be right back here yapping again (laughs) tomorrow night at 11 p.m. Pacific. Hope you'll join me. But until then, this is Micah Chopoli reminding you that your influence counts. Use it.